Lord, now now we are waiting in shadows. For your truth to be seen within thy letter, despite what many have thought to see, the truth will always reign. Lord, now for the final, the loss of magicists made its arrival. Hello guys and welcome to our Friday night show. It is the Lost Magics, obviously sponsored by our lovely Bald and Bonkers guys. This is their show to their network. I want to do a big shout out to all of our networks and our TV companies that are putting us out there. So obviously a big shout out to the Bald and Bonker boys, to Parapost, to DNTV and obviously to all of our amazing angels that are in the room. So tonight I'm going to be doing a topic on screen memory, which is something that one of our fam, Dobby's, asked us to look more into. She was very interested in that in the chat. So I said that I thought that that would be a good category to follow and to cover tonight. But also I'm going to be having lovely Dakota coming and joining me up on show tonight because we are also going to be talking about how the mental health side of people can be put into the paranormal and how some of these things may be be determined so it's going to be a very really interesting show tonight so obviously I've done a lot of research and study because I only like know the basics about screen memory such as It is meant to be where someone goes through either a tragic or some sort of negative experience. And what happens is the mind is supposed to be able to cancel out some of this. Now, this is very well known in things such as like abductions with the extraterrestrials. It's known that when some victims come into contact with these beings, they actually block the mind from remembering certain things that happened to them when they were having this procedure and this experience. This is known as a screen memory, just as somebody that may have gone through a traumatic time and somehow the memory adjusts what actually happened because obviously it's trying to exclude the negative aspects of what happened and trying to make them remember things that they can maybe carry on with. So, I wanted to do the research and study into that. So I found some really good information looking online and I've got about six pages. There's a few bits there where I'll give you a few little factual bits about screen memory as well. And then lovely Dakota is either going to come up through this while I'm doing the reading or he's going to come up after I've done the the reading out to you guys. So I do hope that you enjoy this show. And Dobbies, I hope that you particularly enjoy this because obviously it was something that you found very interesting. So I'm going to get in to doing the reading. Please do not forget to share out, guys. Let people know that I am on so that they can come over and watch as well. Hello, specialist. Yes, so I will do my bit first. We'll do the reading and everything first and then Dakota will come up and join me where we will talk to you about the mental health and how that is linked in with paranormal guys, okay? 
So I'm going to get on to doing the reading now and have a little chat to you after. Dakota can come up then as well then because maybe he can enhance a little bit more as well. So I hope you enjoy what I've got, guys. So screen memory. A screen memory, like forgetting or amnesia, is a compromise between impressed elements and defence a defence against them. A paradoxical feature of re recreations of this kind is they are less childhood memories than memories about childhood. Characterised typically by their signature clarity and their apparent inter insu insufficiency of their content. Important facts are not retained. Instead, their physical significance is displaced onto a closely associated but less important detail. Displacement is indeed the main mechanism here, as it is in the case of mnemic symbols or in the getting of a paper name, although to some degree conditions may also condensation condensations may also be present. The notion of screen memories was first presented by Froude in his papers of so named in eighteen ninety nine A an extension of his work of memetic symbols and the recreation of trauma in hysteria, a paper written as he was beginning to develop the idea of unconscious fantasy. Later, later he concluded that such memories, so long as one knew how to interrupt them, in, interpret them, supplied the best available sources of knowledge about the forgotten childhood years. Any memory could be a screen memory. In as much as one aspect of it screened out something unacceptable to the ego. In the project for this scientific physiology, 1950 to 1895, Fured told of Emma, who attributed her phobia to an insignificant scene recalled from adolescence, while repressing a more important childhood event. The scene from adolescence inscribed by Ford also pseudos was in fact a screen memory serving to negate the unacceptable fact of the traumatic seduction of a child by an adult, the memory of which was transformed into age, apparent amours, feeling of old Adolescence forward clarified his notion of the defensive and idealizing falsification of memories in his account of the Ratman. 
case where he noted that people's childhood memories are only consolated at a later period, usually at the age of puberty, and that this involves a complicated process of remodeling. Allegus is every way to the process by which a nation constructed legend about its early history is at once become evident that in his fantasizes about his fantasy that individual as he grows up and devious to efface the recollection of his auto erotic activities the adult sense memories concerning his or her child childhood those sort to negate an infertile sexuality incapable of Oedipal victory and replaced it with more erotic ideas by means of a process that Freud compared to the creation of legend and myths. In, remem- in remembering and repeating at working through no- 1914, Freud compared screen memories and dreams, observing that their common trait of visual responsibilities enabled them to contain mimetic trace. Albite in the form of dream thoughts, he added that the analytics of dreams and screen memories factuated access to the reality of the direct experience of the past, just as effectively as the analytics of simple memories. Screen memories, he wrote, retained all of what is essential. They represent the forgotten years of childhood as a adequately as a manifest content of a dream, represent the dream thoughts. Could screen memories controversially be considered as a more faithful reparation than memories pre-C? A note added in the 1920s to the three essays on the theory of sexuality drew, drew an analogy between screen memories and the fetish which concealed female construction and in the Leonardo da da Vinci and the memory of his childhood memory covers up a fantasy of the mother with a P-E-N-I-S 1910 to 1998 this fetistic aspect of screen memories as likewise of of sincerely intense mimic symbols and images clearly foreshadow fraud later viewed of fetish fetishism the key reference here nevertheless re, remains screen memories 1899 in his paper fraud evoked one of his own memories of childhood through he ascribed it to someone else in which he saw himself playing with other children in a very green meadow across which vivid yellow flowers were sparkled. Analytics led to the later memory from 
adolescence in which he was in love with a girl in a yellow dress. Those the childhood memory was in this case screening off a later sexual wish. There was no childhood memory, but only a fantasy, but put back into childhood. The displacement was flagged by the instant intensity of sensory responsibility. A huge of the persistence of the wish, sensory responsibility was not always primary, however. Figurated elements could sometimes reflect wishful viable connections, as in the present context when the deli- when the delicious delicious taste of bread in memory could be interrupted as reflecting the adolescence which to earn one's bread like an adult. As early As early as 1899, then Freud suspected that any memory that represents itself to the consciousness with the great intensity might be a screen. Some creating the theory of memory as a realm deeply affected by elements of fantasy. There is in general no guarantee of the data produced by our memory without such a guarantee physiologically Interperception would place its hopes in the study of repura- rep- reputation. 1914, or on the evidence from analytic constructions of 1937, 37, uh, yeah, 1937. In so much, in, in as much as that which is unacceptable to the ego. They may be considered essentially defensive in nature. Their illusional aspects tend to inflict all remembering, which those may always be suspect of having a screen function. The notion tends to subvert the idea of historical reality, for, for it prompts the questions whether such a reality is the outcome of creative interpretation or of a genuine access of mimic trace. In analysing his own screen memories, therefore, Ford developed an idea that implied a new epistemology of time and of the complexity of reality. As though a memory trace from childhood has had here been translated back at a later date, the recondition of this fact must diminish the destination we have drawn between screen memories and other memories divided from our childhood. Now I go on to telling you, so this bit, what this man is trying to say, he's trying to explain how a memory can sometimes be interpreted into something else, okay? So screen memory is a lot 
that you could have a situation or something that may be traumatic to you that happens when you're younger or even in your, your later life, okay? You could have a traumatic event that happens to you. And when that happens, sometimes your memory can block out certain events that you were recalling at that time so that you don't remember them. Now, this really does fall into the aspects of alien abduction as well, okay? So when a abductee is taken by extraterrestrials, they will endure many different activities that these beings do to you, okay? And they have the capability to be able to make you forget certain aspects of what they've done with you. So there will be little things that you may remember, but most of the most traumatic stuff or the stuff that they feel is not for us to hear because they feel we, we're not ready or it would be too much for us at that time, they can have the capability to make our mind block that out. So we don't remember a lot of what happened, which you'll find with a lot of abductees, there'll be certain things that they remember that, that, that these beings want you to remember then you've got the aspect where they've blocked the rest of it out so they don't remember the rest of what happened to them. With screen memory, screen memory is about having an event that happens to you, but you change the outcome of what happened. Your mind changes what actually physically happened to you. So you don't remember everything. And it's a complicated sort of subject to talk about because the mind is a very powerful place. And the mind is very capable of like cutting us off from things that it feels is not right for us or not good for us. Mm -hmm. And this is what screen memory is supposed to be. It's where you can endure things and the memory does not allow you to take certain parts of that data and that 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 moment that you had that happen to you. Most of this does recall and happen through negative things that happen to you, but it can be done through other things. It may be that you, you've you got situations that you, you wanted to, to be able to open up, say, and you wanted to try and understand more. There are sorts of medical treatments and professionals that you can talk to to help you to do this, but this can be quite a traumatic thing, which is going to be another topic that I talk about on here. But I'm now just going to give you a few facts on what the screen memory is supposed to be. OK, and then we will get lovely Dakota to come up. So the facts on what screen memory is, what is screen memory meaning? Definition of screen memory, a re recreation of an early childhood that may be falsely recalled or mag magnified in importance and that makes another memory of deep emotional significance. So as well as doing all that, it's, they say as well that sometimes screen memory can make people recall a fantasy. They see a event go on differently to how it happened, or in some cases, they see an event that is happening to them that actually did not happen. This is what they're saying, that this, this is what screen memory can be and conclude of. What is an example of a screen memory? A screen memory is a memory faculty and a defense mechanism used to dis disguise the physiologically disturbance from an event as resulting from another typical less traumatic, even a, a traumatic event or memory. 
it is a blend of repression and trans transference some examples that can be a cause of screen memory would be a person experiencing severe depression and anxiety dreams can also be another contribute to these effects to a person this is where we're going to bring the mental health in and like paranormal and like all of this in me and Dakota because I think that this does get pushed around a lot and I think that people that are professional use mental health a lot for a reason to why people are having experiences and having these sort of things they they say that it's not real it's not true and it's it's this and you're diagnosed with certain illnesses and things like that when in fact you are having these experiences and stuff so this is why we're going to do like change this up a little bit what is memory feud by contrast memory is at the heart of the fruidine conception of a human physique the individual is is memory hence ac academic and physiologists study how events of information are stored and recalled whereas in physiologists memory is part of a narrative narrative much of which invertibly is unconscious so they're saying that a lot of like the, the screen memories and um, the the feud memories and memories that we call we recall are from our unconscious or inadvertently. So that so what they're saying is that sometimes people make these visions up. They see the they see what they think they're seeing, and it's not that. It's the memory playing with you. So they will then start trying to put things such as, oh, this is mental health, you've got a mental health situation, you've got an illness, you've got this, you've got... We'll explain. In physiotolytic theory, a memory of a childhood experience, usually trivial in nature, that unconsciously serves the purpose of concealing or screening out or is a conflict confliction of a, an associated experience of a more significant and perhaps traumatic nature, also called cover memory replacement memories. Number five, I wrote this bit, which was the alien abductions is also another known factor where screen memory play plays a big part in a person's experience and then them to remember the less important factors of what was seen but their mind blocking out the traumatic events that happened to them to the person it's said that there are some tests that can be done on on so-called abductees to try to find these memories of the events that was meant to have happened some abductees who have taken on this kind of help to try to help them remember have come to have some very upsetting and stressful experiences when looking into the experiences that happened to them. Looking back to the time when they were abducted by the extraterrestrials, screen memory plays a big part in alien abductions, alien abduction abductees, and when tapping into these memories it can be known to leave a lasting effect on some of the abductees in question 
that was what I was writing for that guy. So I've done the the readout. So practically what they're saying is screen memory is where somebody has an experience that can be quite negative and your mind is supposed to block out the traumatic part and is supposed to recall it and replay it with something that ha ha did not happen that way. It, your memory will make you see it in a different way to what it actually was. And this is a lot of what happens in alien abduction as well. They'll have that experience where they're taken, things will happen to them. The most traumatic parts of that procedure that is forgotten and only certain aspects are left that the abductee will remember. So through going to some of these therapies and stuff, they're able to help them to open up where they will start to remember more about that abduction and about what happened to him in that place. Now, this is a characteristic of screen memory because it's where your memory is blocking out what it feels is most harmful and most tragic to you, okay? So sometimes you need to have some help to be able to jog that and to be able to come to be able to recall what happened and to put something right. So that was my category on screen memory. It's, it is very much something as well in my opinion, that a lot of people put down to being mental health as well. So there are certain factors that they say are relevant to screen memory, okay? Like they will put down things such as borderline personality disorder and um, such events as post-traumatic stress disorder. Both are conditions that I have. And I have been very open to my therapists and I've spoke to them about the experiences and things that I have had. And in this, I, by a professional, was told that they felt that maybe through some of my traumatic events, it's made me believe that I that I have these experiences. Now, I know in myself that from a five-year-old, I didn't have any traumatic events and I didn't go through bad things at that stage. So how would I be able to be seeing and feeling and doing these things from a very young age into adulthood? How can you put that down to being mental health? At five years old, I didn't have mental health. Okay, so this is where we wanted to bring this in about mental health and how it's affected in paranormal and all this sort of stuff, guys, because let's face it, a lot of people are looked up on as being unstable or not stable-minded when they have such experiences as what we do as like investigators and researchers of the strange un and unknown you know so i'm now going to bring up lovely dakota where we're going to be doing the next part of the show which is where we're going to be talking about the mental health side of it and how it's introduced into paranormal and also on like that so hello dakota Hello, Sherry. <laughs> so you can hear me okay, right? Yes, I can. Yep. All right. We were having some mic issues before we went on. So I wanted to clear that up now. Yeah. Like Sherry said, screen memories is a part of UFO abductions. Some believe that when these abductions take place, not only does the mind of the abductee, the contactee, whatever you want, the term you wanted to use, essentially mask what happened just because it is simply too much for that person to handle. It is also speculated that the ETs on the other side have such an understanding of the human mind 
that they can, how can, they can manipulate your mind to make you forget things. They can remap how the mind processes certain things. Um, yeah. Elena Denon's book, she talks about her contacts actually manipulating an astronaut on the International Space Station to not put out a certain satellite array because for some reason it would cause harm to people on Earth. And they admitted that they would mask the hesitation he felt as just kind of a hunch, a gut feeling, instead of having to physically sit down, having a physical sit down with these beings saying, don't do this or you're about to hurt a lot of people. Yeah. Hang on a minute. What's true, Sam? Yeah. Can you see how, though? Just non non believers. Well, yeah, I can, and that that's what why me and Dakota are up here because we're trying to because obviously for non believers they they find a lot of it really hard to believe in that. But trying to explain it from a category from somebody that's had these experiences and has mental health issues and things, how this all retallies in, you know, I'm I'm an abductee, okay, and I've had um, the experiences and things, and I don't remember a lot anything of what happened to me, but when I had this experience, I went through physiology i went through doctors and people um to help with my mental health through my traumatic time in my past okay but when i spoke openly to them about my mental like about my experiences and what i'd been seeing it was automatically put down to being my mental health illnesses when it's not so i was like how do you work that out when i've had my abilities since I was five years old. I did not have that sort of, you know, all that bad stuff happening when I was five years old. So how can you put that down to being mental health? You know, and, you know, I know the difference between when I'm having a bad day with my mental health and when I'm talking to a spirit or I'm talking to an alien. You know what I mean? I know the difference. And, um, like, and obviously, like Dakota was explaining, um, when you have the screen memory stuff, which like in alien abductions and stuff, a lot of the event that you go through is portrayed to you in a different way. It, it, it doesn't completely look like the way that it happened. And with aliens as well, if there is certain information or certain things that you see while you're there and you're having these experiences and they don't want you seeing that, they have the capability to make your mind change what you're seeing so you do not remember that event that could be for safety of them safety of us like dakota said it could be because it would be true too traumatic for us to take on as human beings it, it, for lots of different reasons and this is linked into mental health and things in paranormal as well okay um you can have certain experiences that are linked into paranormal like sleep paralysis for instance a lot of that, they put that down to mental health. That's not paranormal. That's not this. That's not that. But how can you fully say that it, it, it's not paranormal? How can you say that when this person is laying wide awake, is experiencing this experience, they're feeling that energy there? Like a doctor would be very quickly to say, that's not an experience that you was having. That is your mental health. That is you having anxiety. That is you panicking. That is you doing this. And that's because they are learned to see only inside a box, okay? They're only seen to see inside a box. They don't see outside the box. They don't know what real life and real reality is, do they, really? They're only learned to 
find a, a medical way to explain things, which it's not always medical way to explain. Some of these experiences that we go through are very real. Dakota? No, you make very valid points. Over here in the States, I actually have noticed a bit of a shift where a lot of psychologists are more accepting of paranormal ideas. Like During the pandemic, I had a clinical psychologist for a facility that's actively running right now with patients messaging yeah. me because he was having issues with that he thought were spirits. The second I validated that, yes, this was a real call, this was a real location, that puts into perspective so many things. And there's been numerous times where not necessarily psychologists, but just random trolls have tried to say that, oh, this story doesn't check out. This person clearly has signs of mental health issues. Yeah. Yeah, that and might be. The what, case, yeah. but that's what we're trying to reach out to. Not so much the professionals, but more those that come in and they see people that are different and they automatically presume that it's down to mental health and stuff when it, it, it's not. You know, like there are many things in this world that happens around us and that people experience. And, you know, not everything is mental health. Even if you've got a mental health condition or you've not, not everything that people experience is, is to do with mental health. So two sides of that coin. There's also instances where there may be a situation of abuse at home to where it may actually stir up paranormal activity. A lot of parapsychologists will trace that to poltergeist-like activity when they they go to reach out to someone like us to to try to figure out what's going on. We can go in and say, this isn't going to stop until you fix this situation. There's been instances in my own investigations where I've ended up finding out the whole reason why activity was going on was because the late mother-in-law was not happy that a husband was cheating on his wife. Yeah. That's literally how it played out. It's mental health is such a misunderstood concept and perhaps going into this subject this weekend as poor timing due to the victims of the school shooting down in Texas, which our hearts do go out to. Yes, they do. That's something that we do. We might have to go into a bit more because there's a lot of people that aren't happy with the mental health being tossed around, even though no one, no one who's in a good state of mind goes to think of hurting others in that case. And unfortunately that also leaves a mark. Let's take another example, Columbine. There's a young lady I was helping get her book published not too long ago. She actually works as a 911 dispatcher for that area. Columbine School actually bans the use of photography or voice recorders. Because in some instances, you can still hear the kids screaming. Yeah. Mental health is a huge factor, and it does have some kind of imprint on the supernatural as well. It is not necessarily something we can ignore altogether, like how much, how it seems like any troll on social media nowadays seems to think they're a psychologist. Yeah, when they clearly are not. 
sorry, but you, you clearly are not, because obviously if like you had actually mental health conditions, then maybe you would understand what mental health actually is. It's not that we're unstable people or we're dangerous people. It's just that our minds look and think in a different way sometimes due to traumatic events and things that have happened to us. But that doesn't mean that we're incapable of being able to be connected to other things, okay? That does not lay us off. And, you know, like I've had people come up to me and go, well, some people shouldn't really listen to you because you've got mental health illnesses. Why should they not listen to me? I'm very sane. I'm very well, okay? Yeah, my problems and my situations are due to things that other people have done to me. It's not that I'm mentally unstable. It's just that I've had a bit of a messed up life and an upset in life and I've needed a bit of therapy and help yes I've been diagnosed with illnesses but my illnesses don't change who I am completely yes I might be a bit depressed and down sometimes but I'm very capable of knowing what my mind shows me and what I see and that is the difference so it can be difficult to it, it can be difficult to make people listen to you when you're supposed to have mental health issues and things like that, they, they automatically just treat it as being something really bad and that everything we see is false. Mental health people do not see things as being false. If anything, and I, sorry, as somebody with mental health, I believe that when you have these categories and these factors, okay, it makes us more open to what we see and what we do. That's why we can connect better. That is why we can understand better. That's why we can relay and reach out to people such as you and you can understand what we're saying because we know through experience, feeling and through visions and all sorts of things, okay? Mental health does not stop you from communicating. It makes you a higher level, I believe. There's... To kind of go off of what Sherry was saying, there's old Native American beliefs where old shamans would look at a mental health ward and see a bunch of misunderstood healers. Yes. Yep. Because their connection with mental health does play a factor. And going kind of leering back into screen memory. Yeah. This, how should I put it? This constant degrading of people's experiences that could actually cause the mind to create screen memories at a time when they may be the one person to be able to step up, say in a case of abuse where a child is getting assaulted at home, social workers, teachers are saying, Oh no, no, that can't happen. That can't happen. They'll start blocking it out. And it's going to be at a point until they get old enough to where they, maybe they can mentally prepare process that information better of what happened to them all of a sudden they're going to get practically feel like they got hit by a truck because all of a sudden these things are starting to come back yeah it's such an integral part of what we do and and i'm gonna say this i say like with channelings as another thing it's actually been found that people who do regular channelings need to be careful because it fires off in the brain as an epileptic seizure. Yep. And there's even devices out there that send electrical signals purposely to stimulate that part of the brain to trigger visions as well. Mental health is highly misunderstood and maybe 
coming out and talking about it more, we can actually find some answers to get some of these more horrific things going on in the world to stop. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, paranormal is a complicated thing to be in as it is. And anything to do with the strange and the unknown is, is a complicated thing to be in because it is about using the mind and using the, the consciousness and, and all these sort of things. And um, what I find that a lot of people that have mental health are treated as being incapable of being able to feel certain emotion they don't know how to control certain things. Um, their mind is so jumbled up that they're not able to see things clearly. They may see things in a way that um, did not happen. But there is so much that's put against people with mental health that um, it's really hard for us to even be able to stand out there and to be took seriously um, in some categories. That's why like, I'm, I'm grateful for such shows like this because people get to see the real me and that I am actually very sane. And, uh, you know, I'm very capable of the stuff that I do. And I know in myself that all my experiences from five and up have all been very real, no matter what a professional has told me and has boarded me as having borderline personality disorder and post-traumatic stress disorder. Yeah, they're names of illnesses. That is not that those are part of me, but they are not me. OK, they are just little conflicts of things that have happened to me. That's how I look at it. I have learned to be able to, to to divide what I have in ability and what I have within my mental health, okay? So, like, and anybody can do that. Like I said, I, I believe that you become more spiritually open through having mental health because you, you've got the tendencies to be, I feel you've got the tendencies to be able to feel and understand things more because of the traumatic events that you've been through or the experiences that you've had and stuff like that. I... I don't look at mental health as a negative thing, okay? Yeah, it's negative in the way that some people can be affected in really psychological ways that they do things to themselves, and um, even worse than that sometimes, yes. I'm not saying that mental health's not serious. It is, and it can be to a lot of people. But I think that people need to stop looking at mental health so much as being something that's not a good thing and something that... Um, would tell others to be careful of that person. We should not be feared for what we've got wrong with us and who we are. We are human beings, okay? We are no different to you. You know, like I've always said to people, like, you don't know what goes behind, goes on behind closed doors. You don't know a person's story and a person's life. So who are you to sit there and your view down on what you think's wrong with them and oh you're nuts you don't know what you're talking about because you've got mental health issues and what i have mental health issues but i'm very capable of what i do and i'm very good at it and it's just part of that no it's all very true actually you just reminded me of this uh young man I met a few years ago we were out traveling about he was uh, he got made fun of a lot because he has Asperger's which is a form of autism for those of you who don't know he his mannerism made it pretty clear that he had that he was afraid that uh, people were constantly going to judge him yeah 
And what reminded me of this is a lot of this controversy surrounding Elon Musk buying out Twitter because a Twitter board member was caught on video making fun of the fact that Elon Musk has Asperger's. One of the most brilliant men in the world right now. One of the richest men in the world. Yeah. Put people into space. I mean, ball the mockers. We have stuff that's being going to be flown on SpaceX rockets later this year. Mental health does not limit you. It does not invalidate anything, despite what people may try to say. And that's the point we want to try home this weekend with these shows as we focus more on mental health. It doesn't matter. It, it That's really it. It doesn't matter. And this is such an important topic because, quite frankly, you don't necessarily go into anything involved under the supernatural umbrella completely sane. No, there's usually a little something going on in the head that lures you here. It, that, that's yeah. everybody, myself included. Yeah. Yeah. I agree completely. There is a, there is a trace of insanity in all strange and unknown. Okay. So we all have got some sort of mental health apparently then if we were, cause we're a little bit different and things that means we all, we're all un- emotionally unstable when we're not. It's just the factor and a way of life, guys. And uh, some of us just uh, endure it a little bit worse than others. That's the only difference about it. We, that doesn't make us any less of a person. It doesn't make us any less stupid or anything like that. We, some of some of people with mental health issues are some of the most cleverest and most sharpest people you would ever meet because of how they are. There have been certain people like... Um, I, if I remember rightly, even Einstein and things like that, like you've got you, they bring like dyslexia and stuff into things to do with mental health and things as well. Yeah, dyslexia. But dyslexia, there was there has been some of the most best known scientists of the world that have had dyslexia and had like certain mental health illnesses and conditions. It didn't stop them from being able to achieve what they did, because the simple fact is these things are not an issue in life. They only become an issue in life when people start to judge us and start to bully us. That's when all these things such as suicide and all that comes into play to do with mental health. It's the way that people treat you and betray you as that makes us that way. Because that's when you do feel alone and you feel that you're on your own and oh, maybe there is something really bad wrong with us and maybe we're not normal. When we are, we are normal people, but that pain, that hurt, and those things that we do get put down to being mental health. It's not. It's the fact that people don't have respect or understanding for what is wrong with us. So they bully us for it and things like that. So, you know, mental health is not a bad thing. Mental health became a bad thing because of people's bullying and people's not understanding I can say better myself. So you agree then, Dakota? Because that's that I I very firmly believe that I do. It, it, mental health is not suicide and whatever. That the suicide and all that comes from bullying, and not being listened to, and not being understood and being judged. Mm-hmm. Nobody should have to be judged for what's wrong with them. You know, don't you think that people like that have already took enough judgment through what they've actually endured and had to go through? 
So you should be a, a decent, civilized person and understand that that person does have problems and things like that. Okay, but don't judge them. Don't judge them because they've got mental health. Because believe me, they're probably ten times ahead of you. No, I'm just saying that because I know that for a fact. No, no, there's. No, there's not a single person who has made strides within humanity. It doesn't matter what kind of field they're in mm-hmm. that hasn't had some sort of mental health condition, for lack of a better word. Not necessarily an illness. It's something that made them different. Einstein, he didn't read or even speak until he was about five years old. Yeah. And he, there's yeah. still matters of his that were still trying to figure out exactly one of the most intelligent minds and men of all time Mm -hmm. you know and never be ashamed to have mental health issues either okay guys i say illness because mine is an illness i've been diagnosed this on black and white paper Okay, but like Dakota said, there are some people that, you know, most people in this world have some trait of mental health, even if it's feeling a little bit depressed or a little bit upset because of a situation that might have happened. Or it could be that you've lost someone that you love. You become a little bit depressed. You become a little bit in yourself. These would be traits that a professional would try to say is mental health. Okay, when. In fact, this whole world's covered in mental health that in that way then because everybody experiences it to an extent just some people feel it and experience it in a more darker way and a Mm -hmm. more harder way that's all it is no you have very good points and there's and another thing when it comes to it is that the number of pills a lot of these psychologists had their patients choke down just because they've had things go on. I mean, my 14-year-old cousin, she went to a therapy therapist appointment down here. There's a situation of abuse there, away from the people that are allowing the abuse to happen. The doctors just look at this and said, emotional fluctuations, his, possible history of abuse. Yeah, she, of course she's going to have emotional fluctuations. She's a 14-year-old girl that's being abused at home. Exactly, yeah. And even today, there's studies being done for post-traumatic stress pills that basically they take away the the emotional attachment to whatever caused the PTSD. See, either it's a car accident or it was an abusive relationship. They figure out how there's studies being done on pills you can take to have that detachment. Now, there's been people who try to say, because I'll be honest, I didn't hear the term screen memory until we had uh, David Hopperin from the Birmingham UFO group on the show talk about it. And he said that some patients report that their memories get altered to look like cartoons. And Drew in the chat, she's made fun of me because of some of the faces I've made during some of these interviews. It's once again, going back to my earlier analogy, is that these people start to feel like they're getting hit by a truck 
when they start to realize, wait, that was something. Yeah. We have the potential to do everything. These alleged reports of ETs are doing, even altering our own mindsets. They, I mean, let's take the number of reports of people who end up with severe head injuries and all of a sudden are musical geniuses, even though they never played a note in their life. Yep. There's, Mental health is an important factor that does need a lot more research and a lot more focus because if understood, we may, once again, we may figure out how to fix a lot of the problems we've had all this time that plague us today. Exactly. Yep. Yep. And a lot of it is people understanding and not being judgmental. If you took more time to, to read up about mental health and the different conditions and stuff, you might understand a person a little bit different. You know, mm-hmm. no, like I said, you don't know what happens be- behind people's closed doors. You don't know the traumatic events that they've incurred and they've gone through, but don't judge them for it. They don't deserve to be judged. They are still human beings. They're still people like you. They are no different to any of you. Sorry. Thank you. Yeah. We've talked about on the show, you know, the witch hunts and especially that uh, one preacher, I think he was also out of Texas, that was yeah. wanting to start up witch hunts against simply because of I mean, his book group. If you actually look at a lot of the reports of people who were executed as witches or some of the so-called symptoms behind them, epilepsy, schizophrenia, post-traumatic stress. Yeah. Things that could easily happen to anybody. Now, some of the reports of 30-plus school children all of a sudden going into epileptic fix, yeah, that might need some further investigating. Nevertheless, it's stuff that can happen to anybody. Exactly, yep. And mental health can. You could be walking around perfectly fine at the minute, but you could go through, like Dakota said, a traumatic accident or somebody you really care about could pass away and it changes your complete way of mind and how you look and the way that that's affected you. That can make you then become or would be on the border of having a mental health issue. Anyone can go to that. It's not something that you're born with. It's something that happens to you because of scenarios you go through. That's what mental health is. Exactly. Nobody is born with mental health. Mental health is not something that you get through genes. Mental health is something you get through things you face and you've had to take. That is what mental health is. Well, not 100% correct. They have found that trauma can actually be passed down through gen- through genetics. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay, well, mm-hmm. maybe to an extent it can, but... To whatever extent, they're not exactly sure, but th- there's reports, a lot of them, given the headline, you know, your random anxiety, blame your grandpa who went through World War Two. And e- mm-hmm. there's even reports from organ transplant victims. This is a topic I brought up a couple of times where symptoms of the donor's mental health conditions got transmitted to 
the transplant patient. Oh yeah, in them ways, yeah. There's even basically, I'm just saying, mental health has a much deeper effect than what we realize. Yeah. And another point that kind of goes back to it, kind of jump back to the Texas school shooting not too long ago. There's a, a kind of a scary point that someone made to me not earlier today that uh, made me stop in my tracks. This young man who opened fired was 18 years old. Yeah. He was old enough. The current school shooters are going to be the ones trained by the schools on what to do in order to avoid someone like them. Yeah. I love how. And I think that does need to be. It does need to be done. It does. And you guys, there's a lot of people that say that, oh, take away the guns. Well, look at the situation we got in the UK where people are trying to ban knives because everybody's stabbing each other because they can't readily get a gun. Yeah. Hatred like that to the point you go to hurt somebody. It's not going to matter what the tool is. People are going to still get hurt as long as we don't try to understand why people are breaking like this. Mm-hmm. Definitely gives you a lot to think about. It does. It does make you think when you like somebody with how you can put your mind to that that extent that you would do something like that mm-hmm. and you know like um you don't have to have mental health to go into a school and do something like that it's your mind and and what what you're wanting to do at that time okay so like a lot of people would try to say that the reason he'd done that is because he's mentally unstable that would be the first fact that most people would say he's mentally unstable not not necessarily doesn't he, that you don't have to be mentally unstable to do something like that it depends on what who you are as a person and things you know so who knows what this this 18 year old boy was thinking at that time when he done that nobody ever is going to know now okay and that's the sad factor about this that so many innocent children and their two teachers had to lose their lives because of somebody's actions and I have done two videos on on this where I've gave you informational facts about what actually happened and what not so much in detail of why he'd done it, but what he'd done. And that it implied that um, he was going to do this through Facebook. He told people what he was going to do and it was ignored. So there is a lot of stuff that I have found out. And um, I've done videos on that. And... Um, and I really want to make a big thing about it because I really don't, because you don't know who's watching these videos. And, you know, some of these victims' pet, uh, families could be watching YouTube to find some comfort. So all I want to say to to them, as I know Dakota and everybody else, was it's just our hearts and our love does go out to you and your families. And we're sorry for what happened. That's all we can say. There is, it's not like we can um, we can take it away, is it? We can only be sincere 
and show our love and our respect. Mm-hmm. So, such innocent lives. Couldn't have said it better, Irene. And I know there's a lot of people who are kind of getting sick of that, but what else can we and, do when nobody wants to focus? Exactly. And to keep doing that, like it doesn't matter what other, pe- other people say and things like that, it's very important to to acknowledge what's happened and to show them that they're not on their own and that there's many, many people behind them and, um, you know, that we all are rooting for them. It, you know, you don't have to be related to these children and these teachers to feel the emotion and the pain. You know, as as people ourselves and people that have got loved ones that we love and most of us being parents, we can see it from a point of view that we would not want somebody that we love to go through that. So, you know, our, you know, hearts go out to all of them, especially to the little babies and the, the two teachers that were wrongfully killed. Anything else you want to say, Dakota? I don't really think there's much else to say on the matter. No. John Lennon said that maybe it's the police and judges and so-called professionals that are the retarded ones. Well, it seems like what situations and stuff like this that happen, this is not the first time. You know, I've done some research and studying and there's been over 180 80 schools that have gone through this. Okay, and it's, you know, it's only now that they're really uproaring a lot and saying that things need to change. You know, what about the first time when the first amount of children were shot down and the first school was hit? It's like I said, um, it's not so much about taking the weapons away because the weapons should be used as a protection thing. It's just that sometimes when people get these sub, sub, um, objects in their hands, they see it as a power thing. Okay, and that's a dangerous thing to have. So, uh, you know, like I do believe there are procedures and things that could be put in place. I'm not saying that everybody should have their guns and stuff took off them, but I do believe that people that are mentally unstable to the point that they can practically not look after themselves should not be able to get to guns. You know, you shouldn't be able to have a gun. I believe over the age of, um, until you're over the age of 22. You know, because that you're still a child at 18 years old. You're still a kid, even though you're classed as a young adult, you're still a kid. Okay? So you shouldn't be able to have guns till you're 22 over there. You, If you're mentally unstable to the fact that, you could, like I said, you can't look after yourself, you shouldn't have a gun. If you've got a crim- criminal record where you have shown violence and threaten and things like that, you should not have a gun. Anybody else? They're fine. If they're, if they're you know, if they're, they're sensible, they've never been in trouble, they've never gave anybody any reason to believe they shouldn't have weapons then why should they not because it you know these people obviously are using these weapons as something to keep them and their families safe because there's not let's face it in a lot of places in america it can be dangerous and some of these people do need guns and stuff to be able to survive okay so it's not about getting it completely took but there should be procedures put into place so that it's not so easy for 
people that shouldn't be getting hands on guns to get them. That's that's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And things put into schools. I think that's the main thing is that safety put into schools. Why can't they put these scanning machines in schools so that every coat, every bag is scanned? At least then it will minimise those risks because if you're going through a machine that's going to buzz off, if you've got something metal in it and it shows off an image, you're going to see if there's a gun or a knife in the bag, aren't you? There should just be things put into place so that in schools it's more safe. That's what I'm saying. It's you know it's been a traumatic. It's and this is what I said in my video. It you know it's a traumatic time for the parents of those children. But you imagine the little ones that have survived and see that happen. You imagine the emotional scars that's going to be on those children that survived it from seeing what they see. That is the most horriblest thing you would have to ever endure. Is watching people that you care about and that you know laying lifeless on the floor and you're not old enough to understand what's going on and you're scared and you're threatened you can't get out of this classroom because you're barricaded in it you know it's awful but hopefully the government and other people are going to make things more safer for schools i do believe they need the scan machines and things like that so that people so that they can see if anyone's bringing in anything that's dangerous. Because obviously at the minute, through this situation that happened, this was apparently planned, okay? There are other people alongside him that are still going to carry out more attacks. There are meant to be more that's going to happen. And the, the, the police have been trying to look into this information, trying to find these people before anything else goes to light. That's why... The security alert in America is a lot more higher in the schools at the minute because it's, they don't feel that it's fully over because of these other people. They're trying to get these other people before anything else happens. And with the kids coming out of school for summer holidays, it you know it might be that might be the time that they're thinking of striking. Again, you know what I mean. So they're trying to get all that procedure in place. But this was all planned. This was right over Facebook. His last message to his people were. Whatever happens to me, I start it, you finish it. It's it's not ended. And I see a police officer even saying that on, on the video that there's plans for but there's meant to be more. Why do people have to do this? There's been so much death in this world, and this is what I'm saying about like um it's really easy to be marked with mental health issues. Like not everybody's got mental issues. Some people are just pure evil and just, they're not good civilized people. That That's just clearly what, what this boy was, in my opinion, you know, they've looked into a lot of things about him and they can't really find anything to be wrong with him. So what was really his, his drive to do what he did? It's because he's, in my opinion, he, you know, he's soulless. He's got no soul. He doesn't care about any other other people. And it weren't even it, even before that. He shot his grandmother first. He shot his grandmother and put her in hospital before we went and done what he done to the children, because she was trying to stop him.
but I think we should get on. I don't think this is really the right uh, show to go deep into what we think about this happening. Like, we all are deeply saddened and feel for the families, and um, this should be something maybe where we go into more on another show. Not so much about them, but how things can change, maybe. But I hope that you did find the uh, the show interesting, guys, and that you liked what me and Dakota were talking about and you kind of understand a little bit more about what screen memory is and how it's in, interacted into certain factors of paranormal, the same with mental health, how mental health is linked, can be linked into paranormal and how it, it's not always linked in. You know, so we hope that you enjoyed the information and the show. Is there anything else you would like to put over, Dakota, like about your shows or anything you've got coming up or anything important you feel the guys need to know? Well, right now, there's a link on the screen for one of the young ladies who was in that classroom. A GoFundMe to help raise medical expense, help pay for medical bills, because unfortunately, this is the U.S. and they, hospitals here are grubby businesses, even for a small child that got hit. This young girl, Mia, she went to the extent of covering herself in her friend's blood to appear dead to try to pull through this. And was one of the young kids on the phone with 911 asking, why are the cops not coming in here to help us? That is going to mark that school forever. Yeah, There's going to be a number of people who try to get into that school claiming to be paranormal enthusiasts, try to catch the screams like just like Columbine still has. Yeah, don't. Have some respect, okay? You know, this isn't a paranormal experience. These these innocent lives were ended in the wrong way and, you know, the families are going through a traumatic time at the moment. Have respect. Don't start going over to those grounds and trying to pick them up. Just just leave them alone. At, and, you know, this is not the time and place for you to try and find an investigation spot, okay? Definitely not. And Sherry's right. Unfortunately, the incidents like these inspire others. There's entire networks to try to flag this type of stuff before it happens, but unfortunately, there's a lot that slipped through the cracks. Yeah. I know this is usually a program we talk about entertainment, and that's our way of you know trying to give people a decent release from this. Yeah. But never every now and then we have to we have to address certain things like this. Yeah, we and have to stand up. And Irene asks, why would paranormal people want to do this? Unfortunately, it's part of the reason why the paranormal isn't taken seriously is because of assholes like that. There are people out there that will, like, yeah, they might show some sincerity, but that will be an excuse for them to try and go and get some spirits and get some fame and look cool. And this is not the time. These poor children Mm -hmm. lost their life and their parents not even that long, lost their children. Have some respect. Don't even turn up on those grounds. Have some respect. They are people. They are human beings. Okay? So don't even bother. I don't do things like that. If I hear about scenarios and things where 
Um, there's been a big shooting or when I do not go after these sort of things. I'm not the sort of person that's going to sit there and try and co- communicate with the, these um, these victims either. I don't believe in that, trying to co- communicate with them. You know, if they come through and they say, hello, I'm, I'm the shoot, a shooting victim, that's different because they're, tra- they're, they're contacting us. But I would not go to their location. I would not go out of my way to try and contact them because they need to be at peace. They're not going to be at peace if you're trying to get information on what happened to them. The news and the bulletins and the newspapers should be enough. You do not need to go looking for them. Mm-hmm. You know, but sadly that there are going to be people that try. I can guarantee you that. Give it a couple of weeks and there'll be people there trying to do you want to talk to us? No, they, they're they not going to want to talk to you. They're, you know, they're confused. They're, it's not a good thing to go through, is it? And just have respect. There's just some things you don't do in the paranormal field. And one of them is walk into a place where people are mourning. Mm-hmm. Not only that, you don't know who's seeing these videos. Well, you imagine if like, like some of these victims' parents are on YouTube and they see a video to do with the paranormal and they see you calling out their kids' names. How do you think that's going to make them feel? They're they're not like a circus act. They're not some something for your amusement. These are these are people, and these families are people that have lost their children, and they're not going to see their children again. Don't don't be disrespectful. Just leave leave them alone. Let them be at peace. Exactly. So I. No, I'm not about you, Cherry, but I don't think there's much else we can really say on the matter. No, just be real, be safe, be true, guys. And we hope that you enjoyed the show. And just remember that you're all very special. And thank you for, like, showing your love and support, as you always do, to us and to all of our sponsors and to everybody else. Thank you. And um, lots of love to the families of Texas. And we're sorry about this, but we felt it needs to be said. And from me and Dakota... And from the Lost Magics, we will say goodnight and a merry parting. Love you, angels. Stay You know this world has gone insane. It is absolutely no secret. But tonight... Saturday night, you are about to experience the true measures of what that insanity can bring you. Tonight, you are about to see Ball and Fockers, the one-of-a-kind show that they'll see into the world of no help on. Now, meet your hosts, Dakota Franson, specialist of the strange. Crystal Moon, the UFO fanatic. Now, give it up and let's see what these two idiots can bring you. Hey, uh, what the fuck, mate? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Yes, ladies I and gentlemen. <laughs> oh, 
Ladies and gentlemen, we have brought you a surprise tonight. Mike is coming for you all. (laughs) So how is everybody tonight in the podcast world? I hope you're listening. I hope you're having a great weekend. Who we all got in the chat there? Paranormal World Investigators. Bald and Bonkers. I wonder who the Bald and Bonkers is. PWI. got a good friend. And Parapost Network watching yep. us, ladies and gentlemen. We have also expanded to so many different new locations yes. on the podcast world. And we also have the Bald and Bonkers TV network as well. Yeah. And we have some big news actually about that. And uh, last week, how many thousand views did we get over the podcast network? Dakota? Oh, let's see. I think over the podcasts. Yeah. We're getting close to 60,000. 60,000. Wow, people. that is awesome. We've got a couple, yeah. about another 5,000 through the videos all together. Mm-hmm. And with the acquisition of this TV network, that boosted up to another 90,000. So oh, we're sitting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Blowing up and <clears throat> overwhelming. So just, just let's think about it in this sense, Mike. You will be in the ether of the podcast world forever <laughs> and ever. Thousands that and might thousands not of years be a good thing. <laughs> You'll be there. Just think if we're ever in a society like it's like Star Trek and they look up there, they'll find you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and yes, oh, that you are watching us live this time. What's this? Yes, we are really here this time. It is live, my little friend. And to prove to you that it's live, we will bring you up. See, I, yeah, I, I know it gets confusing with how <clears> these <throat> programs work, but it just makes it a lot easier to <clears throat> send it out doing it this way. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so and I'll... since we, I am on here live tonight, just to warn everybody, I've already dropped the f bomb like thirty times before we went on. So, yeah. Be prepared. Oh, you know something? I've never heard Mike fucking swear once, you know? <laughs> you do watch my show, right? <laughs> you know something? I, I mean, I've no, I've, I never swear in these lives, for fuck's sake. I know. Fuck, fuck, fuckity, you... fuck, fuck, fuck. I don't understand oh. why people <laughs> It's adulted anyway, it's fine. <clears throat> it's that I've got hay fever. I'm all choked up with hay fever. I hope everybody can hear me fine because I've got a new mic. So I was cutting the Jesus grass today. Jesus, dancing Christ. Yes. <laughs> before before the live guys, before we were live guys, we were talking about a uh, mic and he's got to come back to us in his strange form, <laughs> floating across the air with flip flops on, and that's that. <laughs> <laughs> oh lordy you know so tonight Dakota do you want to start us off what is the subject tonight uh, yes last night on uh, the lost magic it did end up getting a bit of dark due to current events um, there is a GoFundMe to try to help the families affected by the school shooting down in Texas that is in the description do check that out and donate if you can it honestly makes the topic for this weekend's shows seem kind of off topic where we were discussing mental health and the paranormal, how much both sides really integrate with one another. Yes. And Chris naturally thought to bring up this psycho. 
this guy is very knowledgeable. Mike the Naked Bigfoot is one of the most knowledgeable people I've ever met in my life. I mean, he does his own live, guys. So if you're no subscribed to Mike's <laughs> channel, I've got the I camera will... off at the minute, guys, because I'm eating. <clears throat> but I will be really I will... soon. Sure. I will... No problem, Sherry. I will, will post Mike's uh, link shortly, guys. And he done an amazing <laughs> video a couple of weeks ago on sex and the paranormal. And I was honestly one of the best videos I think Mike has ever done. And I think that will go down in infamy as one of the funniest <laughs> things he's ever done. So, please, Victor subscribe. Is thing. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Oh, did, you, did you post a link in there? Dakota? Oh, yeah, I, did, I did. This is Mike's channel. Yeah. <laughs> Thank y'all. But here it is, ladies and gentlemen. I appreciate the plug, guys. Y'all are awesome. <laughs> I, you're, you're doing a live. You're doing a live, and it was a couple of days' time for now, and it's what shadow people. So that'll be. Oh yeah. Uh, well, not shadow people, but uh, <clears throat> the shadow man. <throat> there's a difference. Yeah. That's not, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, because the shadow man is actually an. Um, Believe it or not, in a lot of a lot of southern folklore and a lot of southern um, uh, variations of Christianity and other and other religious faiths, including in the Voodoo, there is a boogeyman that um, that everybody talks about, which is called the Shadow Man. So I'll be discussing my uh, the <clears throat> history of the Shadow Man and um, and. When I went looking for the Shadow Man, I actually went looking for the Boogeyman. And uh, I made, I, you'll have to find out if I found him. Yeah. <laughs> and then and what also, happened to that? And also, Mike plays this game, guys. And it's an honest, it's one of the best games ever. If he says it's a, sto- a story for another time, everyone <laughs> has to take yeah. of their drink of their zesty beverage. In my case, it's always a can of Cherry Aid, you know? <laughs> I'll tell you, some people get, I swear some people get drunk off their ass watching oh, yeah. my shows. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there, was one, there was one night I drank a litre and a half of water because you just kept <laughs> talking, saying it's a story for another time. It depends on the subject because sometimes some subjects <clears> branch <throat> off into so many directions and I have to catch myself. And that's my phrase I use to catch myself and get back on topic. That's yeah. a story for another time. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, but honestly, guys, if you're checking this channel out, the first video to go to is Sex and the Paranormal. It's very, very informative. And Do not I watch think... it with kids in the room. <laughs> oh, I have lots of disclaimers, okay? When you watch yeah. my show, and that's one you definitely have to pay attention to, is Sex and the Paranormal. <laughs> Nobody else talked follow-up. about it. You, you need to follow up in that, actually. You, you should really do a follow up, you know? I need to do a part two on that. There's a ah, lot that's more. That's I can say about that. that's oh, God. Right. So, so, Dakota, you were saying about about the spiritual side of things. You were talking about poltergeists. That was actually interesting. About how it's usually like a teenage teenager, right? So. Do you yeah, think that's got anything to do with the mental health? Uh, years of experience being the grandpa <laughs> in the room, but yeah, a lot of people really realize how much mental health does affect the paranormal and how much dealing with the paranormal 
can obviously make you a bit insane. Look at the four of us on panel. And one of the probably more famous examples would be the poltergeists, where often the source of the activity would be centered around an emotional teenage girl. Mm-hmm. Being one of the more famous cases, but nevertheless, oftentimes it doesn't even have to be that. I've seen it happen with women up in their 40s who uh going through a rough patch in their marriages and it's their dead loved ones coming to say, knock that crap off. Do you know think do you know find it funny and do you know find it strange that it, it happens to women more? Poltergeist activity. What, what was the case, the entity case, you know, the one I'm talking about where the woman was multiple attacked multiple times? You know about that, Mike? The the entity case. Are you talking, oh, the one from where the, the movie in the book that called the entity was based on? Yes. Yes. Or she was yes, being but... sexually assaulted by yes. Um, yes. an entity then. Mm-hmm. Well, well, when people, and I'm about to get really sexist, so everybody, um, this is me not being sexist, but if you take it as me being sexist, I'm sorry you feel that way, but I'm not being sexist. But it, it men are more in control of their emotions, and we suppress our emotions more than women do. Um, women are freewheeling with their emotions. Anyway. And when they are, and when they do, if there's any kind of mental illness that comes into play in their life, um, they don't suppress it as well as a man would. And it's out there. It becomes a storm that rages all around them. So, and that storm can act as a beacon for some bad things to be attracted to them. Yeah. Yeah. Remember the word hysterical. That's a word that was used in Victoria times. It was actually a clinical diagnosis back in Victorian times for women. Um, yeah. But it was it did for being hysterical. So, yeah. but that was based on their emotional state. I and think you almost had an on you there, Mike. What? I, that? I, when, you go, when you go to court? I think you almost had a hex on you there, Mike. <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> Good See, this luck is on that. <laughs> This is this is why I invited Mike because he's just so damn knowledgeable about the paranormal field. So what you're saying practically, Mike, is that women are emotional wrecks. They're not a mess, but they um they don't constrain themselves as much as men do. And then back you have to remember the Victorian times where Mike, I'm pulling your leg. I'm pulling your leg. I just thought because of like what you when you said it. Like, didn't you see my face when you explained it? Like when I was going, oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> it's a joke. I'm leg. Oh God, forget about the battles. I'm saying it with my my cold, sterile way of seeing things instead of making a judgment call. It's just the way things. Some things are the way things are, and that's one of those things. That's the way things are. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember during. The rise of spiritualism and spirit uh, during Victorian times, um, where people would do these great seances and such, that they would have all kinds of now weird and strange occurrences happen during seances and and old houses. Um, but during Victorian times, women were meant to be more demure and suppress themselves. And when women try to suppress their emotions, um, it comes out in other ways, and sometimes it comes out in a um, in a paranormal yeah. and supernatural way. 
Very true. I mean, I mean, you think about right. You you think about right. Let's talk about possession, right? A lot of cases are women that get possessed. Do you not find that strange that the more possessions take place, it is nearly a woman. Men, you don't hear that much about. I mean, you hear about the real events, and it's more women that seem to be possessed. And you you must think about what a possession is doing to someone, eh, whatever the entity is, because it, it's... Yeah. Good you have to think of the Catholic and... Church with that too when it comes to yeah. women being possessed more, because they consider mm-hmm. it um, when a demon is or a demon or don't yeah. sorry, I'm just gonna, everybody who knows me have to forgive me for using these words a demon or yeah. a devil that is possessing or a spirit that's possessing a woman yeah. it's an affront to God um, because it's like they think the demonic possession is them defiling the Virgin Mary. Um, yeah. That's what it symbolizes in the Catholic Church when a woman's possessed, and that's the reason why more cases are talked about with women because they're much more dramatic and they act as um, the Catholic Church also used these examples um, when it happened to women to keep women in their place, to frighten women, keep them in their place by telling them you're more susceptible to being possessed than anybody else. So you've got to know your place and you have to be pious. Um, and know your role in the church and know your role in your family. That's how the Catholic Church saw it. So for two reasons, um, for both, you know, the demons were doing this to to act as an affront to God, and the second reason was for control. So. There you go. Mm-hmm. See, this is, this is why I bring Mike to all the events now, because he's just amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I... I there, like I said, I'm not saying this with any judgment to my tone. I want everybody to understand that when I answer questions like that, I don't say it with judgment. Yeah. Um, I say it because, as a matter of fact, it's the way it, it is, the way it was, the way it yeah. always will be. So, yeah. mm-hmm. so Sherry, what's your opinion? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to end up in a jar. Can be a bit of a nightmare sometimes. We are quite an emotional species and stuff, but mm. I think we can control ourselves pretty well. The things we have to go through in 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 our life, I think we're pretty hardcore, to be quite honest. So yeah, but it came out I find really interesting about the this and the paranormal is that how spirits, I'll call them spirits, they're no demons. I'll just call them spirits, right? can make you depressed and make you want to like basically commit suicide. They can affect yeah, you. They, they can, can. They can latch onto you. Effects on you. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll hand Dakota, Mike, whatever he wants to take it for here. Well, it's like that devil sitting on your shoulder, that spirit sitting on your shoulder, whispering <clears throat> in your ear, telling yeah. you how worthless you are, telling you how horrible you are as a human being. Um, that everybody just wishes you were dead and that maybe it would be a good thing if you just would kill yourself. Yes. Um, it would be the best way out. Um, in the field of psychology, um, that would be, you know, they called such happenses, happenses as um, a form of um, schizophrenia or manic depression. Mm-hmm. But I personally think that a lot of people who were misdiagnosed as being, uh, diagnosed as being schizophrenic or 
or uh, manic depressive or some form of depression that they were misdiagnosed. Um, yeah. I'm not saying they all were. Some people do have chemical imbalances. Yeah. Um, and some people are more prone to it than other based on their genetics. But there's a large number of people that are affected by the supernatural things around them. Um, they stand out like a black beacon to them. And they feed off of all of this depressive energy that people give off. And some of them, you know, get their rocks off of making someone kill themselves. Um, like the the, um, the Lamia, L-A-M-I-A, um, a famous, famous um, Baltic spirit. Uh, it's also in the the Lamia is also in the, the, the lore of a lot of Middle Eastern cultures, too. And that's pre-Islamic Middle Eastern cultures, when mm-hmm. I say that. Um, that it laid, it sat in the wastelands of the desert waiting for people to come by. And if it couldn't seduce you, then it would kill you. It would make you kill yourself by following you and whispering in your ear until you killed yourself. Um, and that's how it fed. That's fascinating. That is fascinating. I mean, to think, you think about I live quite close to kind of an old mental asylum, and it still is a mental to this day. It still is. But I was looking at old records that a lot of a lot of the people that went there, oh, I can see my dead relatives, I can see this, and that's why they were sent there, because they said they kind of things. And they had electrotherapy done to them, and that damaged them for the rest of their life. They were tortured. Yeah. They were literally put down to having something mentally unstable with them, and, you know, the people at that time didn't believe in what they were seeing. They didn't believe that these things are real, so they were treated wrong, and tested on wrong and that's why all these horrible things happen to him and even it like mental health now like we have mental health in obviously living but you know for people that go through through that experience and and pass away they still in my opinion they still carry anxiety and um, carry a sort of mental health disorder if you notice that some like I've noticed with some of the spirits I've come into contact that have gone through this they're very cabbage-lized like they're not with yeah. it and stuff, and you can see they've clearly got emotion problems because of what's happened to them. They'll get angry, they'll get upset, things like that. Like these are all characteristics mm. that people would put into being mental health. And um, you know, I do believe that traits of mental health are not just in the living, but also when you pass and as well. Like yeah. if, depending on what you've gone through, you carry that that energy on. You don't, you know. So. Can I say one thing really quick? And um, it might branch into a million other conversations after I say this. Um, I know. But I think it's something that's happening a lot in our culture right now, um, Mm -hmm. that they're equating evil with mental health. Um, That evil is a mental health disorder. I want to let everybody know um, mental uh, insanity does exist, um, but evil can never be const- cannot be put in the same category as mental as somebody who's insane or suffering from a mental illness. Evil is evil. Um, it is not a mental illness. Evil is a person or a thing that is utterly and completely soulless. Um, 
is spiritually their associate their spirit itself is it has sociopathic tendencies um and that's like sherry just said evil carries on into the afterlife um mental illness can carry on into the afterlife yeah that's what i was saying but but it's something that it's something that doesn't make you feel if you encounter something that's truly in the spiritual world that was once human and that once human was pure undeniable evil in their life there's going to be little or nothing but pure undeniably evil in their next life to the point to where they wouldn't even be their spirit would not be recognized as ever being once human now a spirit that suffered from mental illness it still has the humanity about it it still has a sense of goodness and humanity about it um but i just wanted to put that out there (laughs) well mental mental health isn't an evil thing mental health is just something that people endure because of you know situations that they go through and stuff if anything the things that happen to people is what's evil the things that they've had to face and endure you know and i think a lot of people are quite judgmental over mental health people i have borderline personality disorder and post-traumatic stress disorder and i'm very very sane and i know that everything that i have and i've done since mm-hmm. i was five is very real and but yet you've got professionals that would sit there and say to you you're going crazy it's your mental health uh, or when you yeah. feel these things it's, it's it's your mental health kicking in but how do you explain that at a five-year-old then that you see see, it the same way you know see, it's, actually, then. it's actually interesting you say that right because then you get that like it's, let's say a kid six seven years old right that's got an imaginary friend right yeah. It says, oh, this imaginary little girl comes, or this imaginary little boy comes and plays with him, right? The parents then go, oh, no, there's something wrong with my kid. Take him to a doctor and they give him God knows what. They give him all these yeah. weird drugs, right? <clears throat> but what happens if he's really actually seeing a spirit of another child? It might not be a child, it might be something a else. A lot of what? these imaginary, imaginary <clears throat> friends and stuff are a spirit. Yeah. That they're like they're beings that once existed. These children are seeing them, um, you know. But like you said, like a lot of them, especially back in the olden days, like if um, if a child turned man said, "Oh, I'm seeing this," seeing that they would they take them to a hospital or something. Say there's something wrong with my child, you know. She's saying she's seeing this, and, and it is medication even up till today. Like um, I remember when I first was diagnosed, I was on so many different medication, I couldn't even function properly. I didn't, I was no. not who I who I am. You know, um, I find that medication very much um, overclouds the, the true person, and I believe it takes away who they actually are. And it did to me for a long time. It, I wasn't myself, and it was only when I got really sick and that, and that I said to them, I didn't want to do that anymore. And I just done my therapies and stuff, and they they see I was doing really well, and they signed me off. But they wanted to put me back on medication, and I was like, I don't want to go on medication because you made me worse instead of better. I done better with you sitting there talking to me and listening to me than you pumping stuff down my throat, sort of thing. You know what I mean? Like, and I've been in a mental hospital. I've been in a mental hospital. I'm not ashamed to say it either. Like, I went through a very bad, major um, mental health breakdown due to my kids and what happened to them, and yeah. um, ended up, and going through violence as well. So I ended up in in a mental hospital, and it was then being in there and seeing these other people that were very poorly that it made me realize that I could get myself to grips and I could sort myself and I didn't need to be there. I wasn't like them. Yeah. I'm, I'm not well, I wasn't well, but 
I wasn't unwell in that way that I should be in there and be locked away. I was just hurting. I was, you know, but because I had a mental health issue, they presumed that I was cracking. And because I was seeing certain things and feeling certain things because of my emotion, I, I didn't want to be here. I attempted suicide. I tried to drown myself, but some voice, which sounded like my son, come to me saying, don't do that, mum. So, and I, I come back up out the water. You know what I mean? But I, I've, I've attempted several times. I have. And, you know, yeah. like when people go, well, and you're ashamed of having, but I'm not ashamed of having mental health issues and I'm not ashamed of who I am. Um, people have endure different things you know like why would you ask such a question like that when you don't actually know my past and what's happened to me yeah. you know like for me to even still be sitting here and talking to you is pretty amazing yeah thanks for sharing that share the, the I'm not ashamed it, to share it that's the thing I'm not yeah. I, you know if people want to judge me and say well she's not right not? She's got... that's down look, to you I suffer for, look, I suffer, look I suffer for depression too I suffer for it day and I've came close a few times. I have came close a few times to ending it. And but I don't know, there's just there's just there's like a voice there that's basically saying, Don't do it, you'll regret it, don't do it. And yeah, I don't know, maybe it was something maybe it was with the tablets it's a bit yeah. different. I did actually do it and uh, luckily a friend came in and found me in time and put me on my side and I threw it all up because I wouldn't have I wouldn't have been here. Literally. That's... So yeah. Dakota? Um, I was going to say, anybody who's followed the show for a while now, or followed me since before we all started coming together, knows that my story, there were situations of borderline abuse, and I'll, I'll be completely honest, there's certain things I've revealed about myself on these shows that my mother had absolutely no clue about until she happened to listen one day. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was situations where even psychologists step back and have to say, okay, clearly something's looking out for you. And that was the situations with my daughter. And apparently that's involving aliens, but that's a story for another time. As our dear friend, Mike would always say. <laughs> Mike, what's your, what's your thoughts on this? I'm going to start charging $5 for everybody who says that. <laughs> I'll be very rich. <laughs> Um, well, a lot of people who have known me from my show and from where I've gone on other people's show as well, shows as well, um, I did suffer from probably what would be diagnosed as a, a really strong clinical depression when I was uh, much, much younger in my teenage years, in my latter teenage years. And I did. Um, I went through several bouts of wanting to, um, you know, I took my grandfather's gun. I took my father's gun. Um, and I did try to kill myself in various places, um, usually by myself, isolated someplace. One time it was a football field. One time it was a cemetery. But it was always a place that I felt was perfect for me doing it at. Um, it was a compulsion to want to do it. Um, I'm not saying that something was sitting on my shoulder telling me, oh, go out there and pull the trigger. It's time for you to pull the trigger. Um but it was just an overwhelming feel of abyssal sadness. It was, um, it was like being in a closet in a room in a house with no windows. Yeah. That's how I saw my world. 
And when I would look around me every day, when I'd wake up and go outside, I didn't see a bright and beautiful world around me. I didn't see the colors of life. Um, I didn't see the vibrancy of life running through everything around me. What I saw was the world dying around me. Um, I'd see the trees wither and the leaves fall off the trees. Um, I'd see the grass turn brown and turn to dust. Um, whether that was real or not, I couldn't say. But it it made me feel like that this death I saw around me was something that I needed to be a part of. Um, and it made me sad. Yeah. But I did. Um, it sounds odd to say it out loud. Um, but it is the truth that I had spiritual guidance and spiritual help that intervened on every occasion and kept me from pulling the trigger every time. And the same message they would say to me every time was today is not that day. And they would have their hand on my hand and I would pull my hand away from my head. And usually when I would turn around, um, very first time I tried it, um, I pulled the gun from my head because I couldn't believe at first this was happening, that something was there with me telling me this, that it wasn't time. But when I turned around, I saw a woman who turned out to be uh, a great friend and mentor to me in my life um, that was with me, who appeared in my life both times when um, I was at that point of, of death and despair, literally. Yeah. And somehow she always appeared on the scene after I was told no um, spiritually. And she would always appear on the scene to sit down with me and talk to me. And she was always able to pull me out of it. And she helped me to see. It took a very long time for me to see it. But she showed me. She said the feelings I had were real. That I shouldn't suppress them. But I should temper them with life. The death that I was feeling inside of me, I could temper with life. And she taught me how to see life around me. It taught me how to see color again. Um, and the beauty in everything. And the beauty in the most tragic of things that happened. She taught me how to see that. She said, it's okay. It's okay. She, she taught me. She, I went to her studio. She was an artist. I spent a lot of time in her studio. And she told me when she would give me a piece of clay and tell me, just make something. I, I became quite adept at making spirit masks, masks that represent the spirits that I would see in my dreams at night. Um, and some of them were quite hideous. And she told me, she said, it's okay to make things ugly. She said, but they can also be beautiful. She said, do you see that face that's snarling out of the clay mask that you just made? I said, yeah. She said, make a small daisy and put on it. Add some beauty to the ugly. And uh, she said, because it belongs there. Beauty belongs with ugly at all times. And life belongs with death at all times. Um, she was quite sage with her wisdom. But she, she, she helped. She was the human that helped save my life. So. Yeah. And I so hate hearing that people don't have anybody. I was lucky that I had all the help that I had in my life both in the spirit world and in the physical world. Um, and 
it just damages me to my core about how people do and feel like they're alone. And then when you look at their life after they've killed themselves and you look at their life and the people that were in their life, um, they may have had a mother, but it was a mother in name only. They may have had a father, but it was a father in only. They never had any kind of structure, loving and living structure to their lives. No. Um, and that leads people to despair. And they don't have that, that spiritual structure and that physical structure in their life. And despair eventually, unfortunately, to other bad things. Sorry, I got a little preachy there for a moment. No, no, honestly, I found that quite moving, actually. I, I, I don't know about you, Dakota, Sherry, I found that really moving, I actually. I can relate when it comes to the spirits being there, most definitely. It, it's always been the spirits that I've been able to count on. I've never been able to count on the living. The kind of thing that Mike's explaining is how my life has been. Like, yes, I, I love my mum and stuff like that, but it's been a really difficult life and uh through growing up and just not being who i wanted to be and being i wanted to be a kid but i wasn't a kid i was i had to take too much responsibility and then i went through situations where i lost some of my very good friends and stuff like that that put me in a really really dark place and i i, I can understand when mike was going on about being in a place that feels like it's dark and that everything just feels like it's death found you because it was exactly the same for me i just didn't mm -hmm. feel that there was any way out i felt consumed by this darkness I didn't feel that anybody could see me or hear me and I, I, I constantly always just felt like I, that nobody cared and the mm. only one that ever showed any sign of of caring was the spirit it was the spirits but like my loved ones that weren't here anymore the ones that I could confide in and I'm the ones that had my back same as my friend my friend was my main one when I was going through that and yeah. um committing suicide like i said i heard my boy i'm not on about my living boy i heard my boy that i lost through miscarriage i heard my son leo calling me from the other side going mum get up that's all i heard like get mum get up and i come up out of the water well, obviously with the with the tablets even though they were trying to go with me at that time i was so far gone that nothing mattered to me anymore like my kids and everything had been took off me i didn't feel i had anything there even though they were trying to beg with me but some they made me speak out to somebody because I wrote over over an internet chat saying I don't feel good. This is it. This is the end. My friend knows that when I say something mm. like that, don't ignore it. Okay, so, so come to my aid. So, I mean, and if she didn't, I wouldn't be here talking to you guys now. See, with me, with me, I was like, like Mike says you used to look at stuff and everything and be like in black and white. Yeah. You know what I'm trying to say, Mike? Everything was lit in black and white. And one day, I don't know what it was, it was one night I had a weird dream, and it was so real. And it was my grandmother came at me, right? We were quite close to her. And in the dream, she showed me this, and she says, this is all what you will see one day, but you can't, you have to stop this getting depression and that. And I went a walk, and I went into this valley, and the bluebells were out, and the water was, and there was butterflies everywhere. And now when I look back at life, it's like I see the beauty in it. And life. Yeah. 
right? So there's a bit where I go and it's got the bluebells and it's got the white butterflies and it's the, the stream and you think to yourself and you think, this is heaven. You know, this is heaven. I was given something. The same like Mike was given something and you were given something. Yeah, I, I was shown, I was shown them. Um... I was shown pretty things, but I think my breakthrough was through when I had my psychology and stuff like that. I went through several different therapies to yeah. try and help me. And um, we would learn different structures and different ways to cope with like negativity and that. Like we would talk about the stories and the things that I'd gone through. Then we'd try and switch that around and how we could put that into a positive. So like I'd gone through sexual abuse. Yeah, you can't change sexual abuse. Okay. But you can you can try to bring a positive out of that. Even though you've been through all this nasty stuff, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. So they would make me yeah. see, okay, you went through this this abuse, but you're strong and you're going to be able to help others to get through that. You, you can bring a positive and a light out of this. So it was mm -hmm. just things like that that they would do with me to try and turn my scenarios around. And yeah. that's when I started to see the world changing and becoming back to colour again. Yeah. when I actually got the right person there and obviously the support of my spirit people as well, just being there. Yeah. I think that, that does help. Dakota, would you yeah. like to? I was just going to say, I completely agree with what everybody's saying. For me, it actually took a trip to China, of all things. Uh, in high school, There was a, I had this teacher who would organize yearly trips to someplace random. I found out the main reason why he did it was because uh, with the group he went through, if he got at least six people to come with him, his spot would be paid for. So he get free travel out of the ordeal. Yeah, that's a good idea, actually. I've been on trips like that. <laughs> right? So, you know, it was, it was at a point in my life where I didn't really see anything going anywhere. I was constantly letting my anger get in the best of me, going off on people that honestly didn't deserve it. But I had this one opportunity. I was like, you know what? This is going to be my last ride. You know? And then when I got over there, first of all, I couldn't believe I was in China, of all places. This was well before the pandemic. Yeah. And stuff really started going south over that side of part of the world. But then there was an incident where uh, somehow we think it may have been that the water wasn't filtered right because the pollution is a big problem over there. They say just walking around, someone walking around on their daily commute for a nine to five would breathe in the equivalent of smoking like 10 packs of cigarettes within an eight hour period. Then we ended up getting onto a plane and started succumbing to food poisoning as we were on the flight. And our group, apparently we ended up making company history with that tour company, but our group actually ended up in the hospital because we got so bad. I was one of the worst. Now, mind you, there's probably footage out there somewhere of this incident because somebody in that hospital was actually recording us while we were all had IVs in our line, in our veins. But 
it, it was at that point in time I felt there was absolutely nobody in my corner. Then total random strangers were the ones helping me push through it at that moment. Now, now this hospital, it was whatever you do, if you go to China, take the opportunity, just don't get end up in the hospital. I'm just saying it is awful over there. At war, I saw people die right in front of me and they would just leave them on the floor. It was terrible. But it was just these random strangers who I had never met before stepping off. And there was even points where I swore I saw that little girl that saved me from taking my own life. I saw my late grandfather in the corner just trying to say, hey, we're here. You're going to be fine. That was the moment for me that started saying, you know what? How many people can say they've been to China They've got to do all these things. So I've made it kind of a tradition to at least go to some place I've never been to once a year ever since then. And it is because I traveled with these people, I ended up going through Scotland. I ended up getting on National Geographic and getting all these fun opportunities. That was the breaking moment for me. And if by some chance as mild psychology teachers watching this, because I do know he tries to catch my stuff every now and then. Mr. Parsons, thank you from the bottom of my heart. The things you did for me on those trips, they're still well in effect. Yeah. I mean, there's an interesting question. Uh, it's not really a question in the chat. Have you seen that, Dakota? Sometimes I think my struggles are less other people struggles and I am recovering addict and alcoholic. I have spent 20 years in recovery off and on. So I have the tools to share. See, that that's what he's, he's basically saying, right? See all you guys the news are all talking about this, right? Mike, Sherry, Dakota. When people see this video, it might not be this year, it might be next year, or whenever, the great ether, the great ether of time, they can look at they can look at Mike and they can look at Sherry and they can look at Dakota and take their advice. And that's something you should always reach out. If you feel depressed or anything, you should reach out. Do you, do you all agree? Never <clears throat> never suffer alone. It's always better to talk out and to reach out because when you hide yourself away, that's when things get worse. And I've done it. I've done it. I've sat there and I've tried to reach out and then nobody wants to know so then I've just shut myself away and when people did start to care kind of I, I it was too late and in my opinion at that time you know I was too far gone and um, I, I didn't want to be here anymore I needed you at that time and you wasn't there and that's how I looked at it but luckily through these things happening to me in life and meeting the right doctor and instead of meeting hundreds of different doctors like I had that just used the medication as an excuse every time this one actually listened to what I wanted and helped me in the way that I wanted to be helped yeah. and to be honest she, I'm not saying she's cured me but she made me see my life in a, in a, in a different way and yeah. um, we're having the spirits there if it wasn't for my spirit people being with me all these years I, I wouldn't be, I would definitely wouldn't be here now definitely not yeah. Mike? and I want to say that 
for everybody who's watching this and who will watch it in the future, there's, there is nothing wrong with saying out loud that there's, that you don't feel right. Um, one of the bad things that we still, and I don't understand that in our modern culture and our, um, and, you know, I can understand this 30 years ago when there was a stigma attached to anybody who said, who suffered from mental illness. That was a cultural thing, but this is something that's, um, that is talked about constantly, um, on the 24 hour news cycle that we all have to experience on the various talk shows, on radio shows, and um, friend groups, um, social media, that people, that there is no shame in it. It's okay to talk to these groups, but sometimes talking to these groups is not enough. Sometimes it is enough, okay? Being able to express yourself, maybe not verbally, by typing it out, um, or God, even doing a video, or doing yeah. a TikTok, doing a TikTok mm -hmm. for God's sake, telling the world that, I don't feel right. I am depressed. I feel sad. I just wanted somebody out there to hear me say that. Yeah. I don't see enough of that. Yeah, I no. really wish we'd see more of that from everybody, but you have to understand guys, you don't have to suffer alone. This world is connected digitally all, all over the world. You don't have to go into a doctor's office anymore and lay on a couch or lie in a bed in a hospital to discuss you, if you're having a mental health crisis or if you, or if you don't think it's a crisis, it's a crisis. Trust me. If you believe that it, it's not a crisis, if it's affecting you, it's affecting you enough to think about it. It's a crisis. It's a question. Yeah. Text it's a somebody, text somebody, go and go, you know, go on Reddit for cat's sake. There's so many ways that you can contact yeah. other people and know that once you make contact, you realize you're not alone. And they can give you amazing advice if you feel like you need, you know, a doctor's help. If you need uh, medical help. If you need something beyond just talking about it. But you would be greatly surprised how much just discussing it helps. Yeah. That oh, the, yeah. shame, the, shape, the shame about it evaporates. Yeah, the feeling of loneliness never goes away, but it lifts enough for you to see the world and to see that there are other people around you. Yeah, like I said, they may not be around you physically, but they're there. You yeah. just have to reach out and tap those keys. Yeah. I do that a lot. I get quite a few people that are going through bad situations, like with mental health, and that that will message me because I'm very good at listening and very good at giving them <clears throat> giving them advice and stuff and because i've gone through it myself i can relate to them and understand them and like mike said it does it does help to yeah. talk and don't sit at home and suffer don't sit there and feel that you're on your own because there are people that will reach out to you and help you and that and never be ashamed to have a mental health illness because if anything i believe that Having mental health illnesses makes you more of the person that you are. And um, like for me, I'm a caring and loving person and I will give my world to everybody. And I do believe that partly my mental health's made me that way yeah. because of the things that I've endured. So don't ever be ashamed and 
don't ever let anyone talk you down and say that you're weird or you're not normal because you're you, you're unique. So yeah. just don't listen to them and don't sit there, like Mike said as well, don't sit there on your own and and suffer. Just speak out. Sometimes speaking out does help so much. Yeah, It does. And listen, guys, once this is uploaded, the comment section, obviously you can comment. If he's are wanting to talk or he's are wanting help, just leave a message below. And I'll answer you back, or Dakota will answer you back, or Sherry will answer you back, or even Michael will answer you back, because we'll see it, we'll check on it, and we'll and we'll talk to you if you want to talk. We're there for you, okay? We're here for you if you're depressed. And for but they all, all the say, don't they? They all say that yeah. lives matter. Yeah, lives do yeah. matter, but so yeah. does mental health matter. Okay, yes. so like um, we are here sincerely saying to you and reaching out to you if you ever ever feel lonely or just feel brassic or you, you feel that you're alone and you haven't got anyone, you've got people here that you can come and talk to, definitely. Yeah. What's your thoughts on that, Dakota? I was just going to say, Beth did post a comment saying that, yes, there is a stigma, and yes, when you're involved in the paranormal, it, it does make it sometimes worse. I'm just going to say, at least over here in the States, I've started to notice a bit of a shift in psychology circles where they're at least hearing out the paranormal possibility. Because I have had, I've mentioned this before, and it shocked me when I realized exactly what was happening, but I've had psychology centers, active mental health facilities, reach out to me for help involving potential spirit activity. It sounds like Mike has something to add in on that. I just, I'm, I'm with you, Dakota, 100%, and I have to add this onto it. There are people that are beginning to see the spiritual side to mental health um, therapies. But I want you to understand, for those who may or may not know, you have to Mental health um, and mental illness in a lot of South American um, and Central American and Latin countries, Latin American countries and Caribbean countries, they don't see uh, most people. If somebody comes in, they don't immediately think mental illness. They think it's a crisis of the spirit when they see it, whether they're being um, assaulted or affected by a spirit, whether it be demonic or otherwise. And they treat not only the person, but they also but they also treat their spirit as well to help them yeah. overcome this. And sometimes, you know, it comes to the point of one of them performing an exorcism. But an exorcism, especially in Latin American countries, is ninety-five percent um, mental and five percent physical. Um, they're helping the helping to pull their mind and helping. It's a type of exorcism in Latin American countries is a form of mental form of mental therapy. It's a form of therapy for them. And I'm beginning to see bits and pieces of that work its way um, into our advanced civilized culture here in the United States, which I think is pretty good, actually. Yeah. See, over in England, it's a bit different. Like, um, they're not like uh, doctors and stuff are not so forthcoming about when you say about things like spirits and stuff like that. They're a bit weird over oh, yeah. here. And I've I, I I've spoken openly about my spirit communication and things like that. And I've been told that it's down to my mental health and yeah. 
Yeah. They're not as forthcoming here and they'll be very quick to say, well, I think you're a bit unwell and you need to seek some therapy sort of thing. That is what they're like over here. Well, Sherry, think about this. Even um, in a lot of the European countries and Asian, well, still in some Asian countries and South American countries, um, in ancient times, if you heard voices, you were a prophet. In modern times, when you hear voices, you're schizophrenic. Yes. What, what happened? What happened? That's what change? I'm saying. That's what I would like to know. Where where did the opinions and things change? Because how can you that would be an interesting study of something spiritual to being yeah. something of a mental health mm-hmm. issue? Like this is what really annoys me. When like I was explaining it yesterday about the sleep paralysis, automatically they say that's down to anxiety and all this stuff. They don't yeah. presume that there are actually people physically having these experiences with these energies and they're awake like how can you put all of them i'm not saying that all of them are spiritual connected some could be due to a mental health but most of these experiences are where somebody's physically feeling an energy that is not there but is there you know what i mean and these the like i said to you yesterday these sort of doctors are trained to look inside the box and not outside it they're not looking to they're not looking to prove that there's paranormal and that they've been trained to find a psychological, a psychological meaning to in medical to what is wrong with you. They don't look at it in any other criteria. They've been yeah. trained to look at it as yeah. what you're sensing and you're having is a medical condition. They are, they're trained to look inside the box. They don't see the real world. They don't see the things that are really happening. So it's very easy for them to judge us because that's how they've been trained to do they're not open-minded that's how i look at it they're not open-minded these doctors they're trained to be one way and one way only but every now and again you do meet that odd one that is a little bit different like my one when i spoke to her she didn't sit there and look at me and frown at me like my other doctors did she was like i kind of do believe in it a little bit she goes but don't say to them that i've told you that and you know she was completely different you know what I mean? Yeah. And she's the one that got me through my crap. She is because she actually listened to what I was saying and didn't look yeah. at me like I was some sort of fruitcake. She yeah. could see I was a genuine person and that I just needed some guidance. I mean, I've I've met medical professionals that say, what do you do for a hobby? And then I tell them I, I do like ghost stuff and that. And they look at me as if I'm like a strange creature yeah. from beyond the <laughs> But then I've made nurses. <laughs> I've met, I've met, I met a nurse once, and I says, "What's your hobby and stuff?" And I says, "Oh, I did the paranormal and stuff." And she says, "No, I've got a good story about that." She says, "I used to work in a cancer ward, and strange things used to happen in a hospice and stuff like that." And there is people out there that believe, but there is people. Out oh yeah, there that I'm not stand. saying that every doctor's yeah. like that. I'm saying like doctors mm. that work with your mind and do that sort of work are the ones that are normally quite contradictive yeah. towards you. Normal doctors, normal nurses, they are. I. I come out of my operation, I've had an operation. When I come out of an operation for an hour while I was in recovery, I was chatting the asses off of the doctors and the people looking after me. We were talking about UFOs, we were talking about spirit, and do you know what? Every single one of them actually believed in it. They were all sitting there talking, yeah. and even some of them took my YouTube channel and wanted to come and watch my YouTube channel. It's not every doctor, it's doctors that work with the mind that I find that are quite... Yeah, look, look at you weirdly. You know what I mean, like yeah, I know. mental health people. 
Yeah, you have to remember the people are trained. The people are trained, and that's the, what I'm saying. They're they think the it's all. They think it's all inside your head. Reason to yeah. why this mind's doing this. It's not any other way. There is no other way. It's just that you know something's wrong with them. Yeah. My and then that have, well, she had her table get shoved across the room. So. Well, you have doctors in third world countries or in places in Africa, parts of Asia, and again South America. Um, they ha- they're very well educated. They have PhDs the whole nine yards, and in Haiti and Dominican Republic. But they combine in their doctor's office the the clinical, psychological, and medical side um, with the spiritual side as well. They treat both when you come to their office. Um, and if they're not qualified to treat both, they'll send you in Africa. They'll send you to a Kadamble or an Obede, which is a which is a type of spiritual priest. And in Haiti, they'll send you to a mambo, or they'll send you to a. They'll send you to a god to treat you spiritually, as they treat you medically, um, in their office. Uh, but we don't see enough of that. We see that no. as quackery. But you have to remember, these people went to the same schools as these doctors that are calling them quacks, or calling them crazy. They went to the same schools. They got the same degree. They were educated the same way. But they see the world differently, and they know that the DSMR um, cannot diagnose every illness as Mike. mental. It's your spirit, same with your camera. Mental. There are illnesses of the spirit as well that have to be treated on a spiritual level. Ten for good, buddy. Your mic is sounding all kind of Mike, funky. You sound like a Cylon. <laughs> Sound like like old radio scanners. I think I think when you started talking about it's about talking about voodoo and and that kind of stuff. It started you started coming across as a silo. And that's so strange. Sorry. <laughs> well, I do agree with Mike yeah. that in other countries like Africa, that they are like that. They they do both sides, and I think they need that in places like America and England and stuff. You need people that see things from both sides. I think it would be so much more better for everyone because for some people, it's not mental health. It's just that there's a spiritual block or something maybe that they need help with to be you know find comfort in and to, to be sorted, and that you know they'll be happy again. Like. Some of us mental health, like even though we suffer with mental health, having people that understand us and spiritual people would benefit us because then we could learn such things as meditations and relaxing things and things that help to stimulate your mind. But we don't have that. We have to find that through being online and looking on videos when it should be in a health profession. I do believe that. I do. Mike? Do I still sound like shit? Yeah. <laughs> this is the rubber duck 10 4. <laughs> you sound like you're talking, like not even in a box. I can't even explain how it sounds like you're talking, but it's really it's quite, radio quite tinny. Yeah, he sounds, like, he sounds like a Cylon. He sounds like a Cylon. I'm telling you, it's that. It's this wee spirit person that's running about. Yeah, I'm right there, Mike. That's what that's what I said to him. Have you got have you got an energy around your son, Mike? Your mic's gone funny. There's some shadow dancing around him throughout the whole show. Yeah, I've noticed that. See, this I think I think it's uh, the little girl. Am I right? It's the little I girl. I something at the beginning, but I wasn't sure, so I didn't say anything. So, but I've not seen it. I haven't seen it anymore. 
Right, your voice went weird. Yeah. What does your curiosity, Mike? What does your 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 friend think of all of this? Does she get any messages for anybody out there in the world? <laughs> This is the. Um, I'll have to quote South Park. Right. <laughs> um, it's from one of my favorite episodes, actually. But this is how she. Um, this is the. Em- this is the emotions that I'm receiving from her as we speak. Um, and it was an episode with Wendy Testaberger. And uh, at the end, you realize that at the end of the episode, you realize Wendy Testaberger has done a lot of evil shit to a lot of people. To get her way. And she ends the episode by saying, I told her, don't fuck with Wendy Testenberger. And that's kind of the emotional value that I'm getting from her. <laughs> don't fuck with Wendy Testenberger. Oh, dear God. Um, well, thank right. you for your comment anyway. If your little girl was, thank you. Comment. <laughs> don't want to piss her off, you know. It's just... <laughs> You say yeah, okay, no. It's our job to piss off women. I know, I know, but if if you're going to haunt MD, that's your little girl, please haunt Dakota. All, get, those, hysterical, all those hysterical women out there. <laughs> 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 you better watch yourself, Mike. Michael will be lying in his bed tonight. The shadows will come. <laughs> But honestly, my bedroom honestly, life is pretty paranormal, trust me. Mm. <laughs> oh god. Oh god. I don't think there's a I don't think that there is actually gonna be a lot that would scare Mike anymore, to be honest. I think he'd probably be quite intrigued oh. if a pair of hands went up his legs or something. It'd be like, oh, what's going on here? Hey, at least I'm being touched. Oh. <laughs> it's not so bad if it were, they weren't so cold. It's okay. Yeah, but some people like that. The heat wave, I worked at a funeral home. Bad. It's okay. <laughs> oh my god! Retrophilia to necrophilia. My god! No. For anyone, for anyone that watches this in the future, in a hundred years from now, remember this: we are all mad. You have to be in the strange and the unknown. You're definitely not sane. Right. But on a serious note, in a serious note. If you want to leave below any comments, if you want to talk to us, Dakota, Mike, Sherry, me, we'll get back to you. And if this is 100 years from now, well, end of the comments, we'll feel free to answer anyone back in the chat, yeah. you know? Use it as a kind of section, don't be alone, and always ask for help. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. Very important. So, Mike, when's the next show? When's your next show? My show is coming up on Wednesday. God, I can't remember what the hell which one it is. It's the, the shadow, shadow, shadow thing. man is later. Shadow man, shadow, man, shadow man's later. Um, is it? Let me check. Shadow man is next Thursday, and there's one before that. I don't remember which one it is. <laughs> oh, is it the is it the snake handling? Oh shit! Yeah, it's a yeah. snake handling church. I think um, it was. Yeah. Ooh. I'll tell you. Let me tell you what. Those who don't know, especially my international friends out there about snake handling churches, um, that's the only time I've ever sat with a congregation and felt terrified. Yeah. Um, I should say so. Those people can, and it should for those who know me, because 
you'll need to watch the show. It's it's something else. And it's snake handling is a real thing. It's now, and I will say this, it is now um, illegal and outlawed in Tennessee and Kentucky, the states that it was um, in Alabama, the states that it was being done in. But it's illegal to do it in a church. But a lot of the pastors who still practice that form of faith, um, they keep the snakes on at their house. And they'll actually have their con- they'll have their congregation come to their house, and they'll perform the ceremonies with the serpent. So, but what if they get actually, caught, they? if they get caught, they'll get arrested. So, I I don't actually know that much about snake handling churches and the, what oh. they actually would like snake bite or something. Or is it? Well, it's it's a verse from the Bible um, of men take uh, that are endowed with the spirit of God. Uh, and the Holy Spirit can lift up serpents, and the serpents shall not harm them. Um, it's I'll have to, I have the exact verse um, which I'll yeah. recite the well, night I'm of the show. The That's that. the gist of the verse. Um, I'm going. I'm going to be there with my large bottle of mineral water. <laughs> and I'll tell you what: these snakes will. Um, they're they're poisonous. They will kill you. They haven't had their fangs removed. They haven't been milked. These snakes are fully venomous, and um. I have seen them bite people. Wow. <laughs> so, guys, please go and subscribe to Mike the Naked Bigfoot's channel. And don't try this at home. And don't no. try it at home. Yeah. But remember, <laughs> if you want something to watch this weekend, go and watch Sex and the Paranormal. You'll find it very entertaining. <laughs> yeah, just do that. Leave the snakes alone, okay? <laughs> Definitely. And that episode you- is never going to go away. <laughs> <laughs> Sex in the Honestly, it'll, cha- it'll change your paranormal experience forever. I know it changed mine. <laughs> you'll, ne- you'll never watch Ghost Hunters the same again. <laughs> no. <laughs> and you'll and those and everybody who has a paranormal um, live stream or a paranormal uh, oh, YouTube channel, you'll have to watch this because it's going to make you think twice about some of the people that follow you and watch your shows. <laughs> I know. Oh, yeah. Uh, spectrophilia. <laughs> you should actually do a show on that one night. Well, spectrophilia. Chris. <laughs> I could do a whole show about spectrophilia, but I touched on spectro- spectrophilia very briefly on that episode. But I got giggling fits talking about Zach Bagans, who I know is going to send me a cease and desist order. <laughs> any day. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, dear I'm Jesus, if you're watching Zach, well, I'll give you the link for the Mike the Naked Bigfoot. <laughs> I'll I'll hold it up during the live stream to see some desist to show everybody. Yeah, check Mr. out. Bacon, here's the link for Mike's podcast for Mike's yes. YouTube channel, so you can you can get a hold of him there. Yes, and you can check <laughs> out you. his sex and the paranormal because I think you, you should actually do a video on that. That episode. It was, it was just, supposed I, to be a serious episode. I nearly choked to death in a month. We started talking to something. I went back. It went <laughs> sideways so fast. Clearly. But honestly, guys. So, Dakota, do you have any news for the TV network? Uh, yes. Well, we do have some news. First off, I do want to share out this little promotional link. This is a 
therapy service on your phone so you don't have to go into a doctor's office or anything like that. You use that link, you'll get a free week of your service. It does offer insurance discounts as well. It's something I went to personally, so do check it out. We also, while the Monkers has also been hitting the news waves with our very first press release in order to help with the documentary, there's one of the links right now. We've been distributed out to 150 different news sites with that one, and uh, apparently I'm going to be interviewed for a magazine here soon as well, so that'll be fun. And tomorrow... Christopher and I are going to have pushed back the contact show for about 15 minutes because an hour mm-hmm. before it's supposed to start, we're going to be joining our friends Brian and Lex on Through the Lens. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. Yep. Uh, yes, all sorts of fun stuff. Be sure to like, follow, subscribe. Just send love out there. It's only going to get crazier from here. Let's face it. Oh, yeah, yeah. I th- I definitely think Mike should get to be in the magazine too. You know. No. <laughs> I want you guys to have a good reputation. <laughs> oh man, you do it not want to be associated with um with my um paranormal sex issues. So I tell I tell you what we'll do, Mike. We'll send the reporters up the driveway that you've got that you don't like them coming up. <laughs> <laughs> That's a wee joke that we've got, ladies and gentlemen. He's got two driveways that he's house that he doesn't like. Yeah. You go down the wrong driveway, you it's really bad. Yeah. <laughs> if you go down yeah. the wrong driveway. There's gotta be a really annoyed person at the very bottom there. Yeah, there's gonna be a very annoyed person waiting for you when you come down that road. So so ladies and gentlemen, thank you for coming tonight. And I hope you join us tomorrow night. Remember, subscribe to Sherry, Paranormal World Investigators. Subscribe to Mike, the Naked Bigfoot. And I'm still waiting for him to do a video of his garden, a walk around his garden, because I think that would be an awesome. Oh video. Jesus! <laughs> yes, my son. Could oh, Jesus, tap dancing Christ. Um. <laughs> and please, <laughs> please check out Dakota's other channels where he does gaming. You know. And thank you for coming and have a great Saturday night. And may you all have a great one, guys. Catch you later. Bye bye. skies and wondered if we are alone in this universe. Many miraculous things have been spotted all over the world.
reported by our militaries and sparked great debates amongst ourselves. I am here to tell you that ladies and gentlemen, people of Earth, brothers and sisters of all races, all countries, that we are not alone. We have never been alone. That some higher power has seeked to spread the gift of life throughout the universe and beyond all comprehension. It is in these times we must learn to love one another. We must not share hate, but joy. We must not inhibit, but we must grow. These beings are our friends. They are our family. They want to help us become better, to see the true potential of mankind. And for maybe one day, we will join them in their voyage to help other beings from other star systems. As shocking as this news may be, it is nothing new. Our governments of the world have known for quite some time that we are not alone in this universe, and we have had contact for many of years, slowly preparing the American public and the publics of the world for such a revelation. We are not alone, and we are about to embark on the greatest journey mankind has ever experienced. Ladies and gentlemen, we have contact. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, for contact on this Memorial Day weekend. I do hope everybody is having a fun and safe weekend this week because, quite frankly, it's just been crazy. But we're back Mm -hmm. for an episode of Contact. And this is the topic I think we need to discuss. But before we do get into that, I do want to give a shout out to Through the Lens. We did just get out of an interview with them. It was not long enough. We probably could have gotten the way we cancel Inc. tonight. But do go check them out. They're awesome guys. Mm -hmm. You know, we post where you should. uh, I started that time out today. Are you are you are you all tongue twisted again? Please, guys, go and it does not take much through the lens with Brian and Lex. You will find them on Parapost. You will find them on YouTube, and you will find them on Facebook. But please go to Parapost and give them a big subscribe. Mm-hmm. Let's get them. Let's get them to two thousand subscribers on Parapost. Oh yes. So, who do we all have in the chat tonight, ladies and gentlemen? Who are the wonderful people that's joining us? We've got 11 people watching. My goodness. Oh, we have Paranormal World Investigators. We have Beth. Look, you're seeing us live again. We're live! And we have this R Baller. Apparently, his name is Brad. I did not know that. But hello. Hello. Everyone Brad. is welcome. And oh, look, there's Lex. Oh. <gasps> There's Lex, everybody. That's Lex. There you go. If you're wanting an autograph from him, there's the man there. Visit his channel. Brilliant channel. Yeah. Give him a subscribe. Yeah, yeah. So a brilliant show. And I wish I watched it more. Hmm. Who else do we have in here, Dakota? Do we have anybody else? I think we have got Dobby's oh, sock. Oh, oh, Dobby is sock Dobby in here? In here? Well, oh, I did see Dobby. Dobby. There she is. Uh, don't be this. It looks like we have some lurkers in the background, but eh, 
Oh, there's Brian. Oh, there's Brian. He he feels left out. He feels left he out. Have to put I must admit, I must admit, that's a handsome photo he's got himself there. You know, guys, please go to Brian G. Laverty. Give him a subscribe. Go to Parapost Network. Let's make Parapost better than Facebook because, let's face it, Facebook is rubbish, right? You're better going to Brian's Parapost. Much better. Mm. There you go, Brian. Mm -hmm. You call that a handsome photo? It looks like a mugshot. (laughs) (laughs) It was him, Brian. You say that. You can take him up in that. Raymond G News. What's that? News summer something there. Welcome. Yeah. <laughs> it does. It, go, it's either looks I, like a mugshot or you should be wearing a pinstripe suit with a fedora and a Tommy gun. <laughs> oh no, I said gun. We're gonna get banned. Oh well. We piss off everybody else anyway. You don't you don't want legs to a real video in your day. You? That's what's gonna happen. That's what's gonna happen. <sighs> Oh, it's such a shame, but unfortunately, with the you number of people who enjoy drama these days, our numbers go up every time people try do to do I, those videos. Do I tell everybody the exciting news about the press release? Oh, yes, 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 yes. <sighs> Was this the one you were trying to hint towards, Brian, when we were in the interview? I, I would never let away any secrets. Oh, crap. <laughs> anyway. All right. Bald and Bonkers has now been officially recognized on CBS, NBC, Fox News. Mm. I think CNN might be in that mix, but uh, maybe mm. not. We were recently put out our very first press release to try to get us a little bit more attention to our documentary, We Are Light. And yes, despite what you people think that every other thing we're dealing with is demons, yes, that's what we're calling the film because it sounds cool. Yes. You do get some strange people. You do get some strange people. I like, every day I like to look at the comments on the Bald and Bonkers Network and, ah, dear, 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 dear. I'm just, I'm just going to say it, guys. Everything today with space is not to do with demons and diamonic mm. worship. <clears throat> but there you go, that's everybody oh, to their own, you know. Oh, yeah, no, but there's, because, you know, we are hitting it about, Oh, 17,000 views, subscribers across all 50 plus channels with the TV network. We're going to get a lot of hate. But man, that's nearly 170,000 viewers we have Mm -hmm. across all of our channels. So, yes. Big things in the foot, ladies and gentlemen. So, Dakota, tonight, where is the show going? What are we talking about? Well, I got to thinking, there is a lot we have discussed when it comes to the UFO phenomenon. It, it does seem to be our main shtick nowadays. It does. It does. But, you know, naturally it is a topic, you know, I, we welcome skepticism because it is big out there. But little do a lot of people realize there may actually be some verified scientific studies Mm-hmm. That back what these abductees have been saying for all these years. Yeah, I mean it's so, interesting. You think about how some of these uh, people that have been treated 
what they've went, yeah, saucers can do and took me away, didn't and even though they had burns and radiation poisoning, the government and the health system basically told them this was all your imagination. Mm-hmm. Well, even Louis Elizondo, he, he recently came out in one of his statements admitting that a lot of these pilots who have actually chased these things yes. ended up with severe radiation burns. Thankfully, mm-hmm. thankfully, it sounds like the severity of them were like really nasty sunburns, but nevertheless, if you're chasing something in the sky that's supposed to not exist, how are you getting burned? Mm-hmm. Well, they might just blame it in swamp gas. You know, I've noticed that the US military are awful bad for that. Everything revolves around swamp gas. Have you ever been around a bunch of guys out of basic training? They get a lot of swamp gas. Yes. Yes. And blame that on their chefs. Yes. So, Dakota, let's hear the evidence. Let's see the stuff. What amazing things do you have? All right. Our good friend Lex, he did point out, ask us a very good question is, what do we feel as being one of the better pieces of equipment out there when it comes to any sort of investigation, where it's cryptids, paranormal, UFOs, whatever? Naturally, the best thing that covers things across the full board is a camera. Yeah. Because cameras by themselves, I should say, don't lie. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's easy to alter them. Anybody can get a piece of evidence on there. And the one thing I've always said that will probably weed out a lot of these so-called mediums, a lot of these reports, these fake sightings, who, quite frankly, you can tell that they're fake just because of the number of times they change their story. <clears throat> And, and, you know, lie, but a lot of what would actually help would probably be something that Elon Musk is working on implementing right now, actually. And it's those inner chips that are supposed to go on people's brains. Yeah, I seen that where they'd got the two monkeys, the two apes, and they'd basically implanted a chip in the brain. Mm -hmm. And the, and the, the chimp was actually playing the computer game with his brain. And what what I'm meaning like that is, uh, have you ever seen the film with Robin Williams' Final Cut? I've heard about it. I don't think I've seen it. Okay. Basically, the premise of this film, you know, spoiler warning, even though it's a really old movie. The premise of this film is that the people lived in a society where they've had implants put into children Mm. that record their entire lives. Mm -hmm. Everything they see gets recorded so at the moment of their death that footage can be retrieved or in the events they happen to be a witness to an extreme crime now a part of the film kind of goes into some of the earlier models being not being able to distinguish what is reality and what is imagination so where some earlier models of this chip would record dreams. Yeah. I got to thinking, wouldn't it be nice? Say you had an example, had something happen, you'd tried to get your phone out because let's face it, everybody's heard this argument mm-hmm. of, you know, if everybody has access to a phone, why don't we have more clear evidence? 
Yeah. Well, to say in cryptozoology, you're chasing after an animal. The animal, I will either outrun you or yeah. maybe running towards you to kill you. Yeah. In the case of UFOs, and I've had this happen where I've almost gotten a speeding ticket from trying to chase a black triangle UFO. By the time I had a chance to stop, get a camera out, it's gone. Yeah. So I'm, Good. I, I see what you're saying. So it's recording everything, right? So in theory, you could download your brain into a device and you could see what your eyes seen. Hence, it would give you the proof. But then actually in lies, if you're abducted, will it actually record what happened to you or will the aliens or whoever they are manipulate that well let's look at a lot of these reports and this is something we've talked about over and over we have the concept of screen memories where abductees are either too traumatized by what's happening to them that -hmm. their own brain masks what's happened or as some reports have suggested and even elena denham one of our most popular guests and probably one of our most intelligent hands down <clears throat> even she says that a lot of these abductees a, a lot of these abduction operations will say that yes we go into your brain and mess with the memory so that yeah. yes it's still there but you remember it differently and this is to protect you and it's to protect them yeah it's a false memory they've changed exactly. the memory they make you think that all of your car broke down, you looked up, and then all of a sudden you're back in your car again. That's all you can remember. But in actual fact, you broke down, you got out of your car, that thing came along, took you away, did terrible things to you, then brought you back. It's actually scary. It makes you wonder what's locked away inside your head. Now, there's a lot of people who genuinely... Some of them genuinely go to ask this question. How is that even possible? Because it is well documented, according to some scientific studies, that the human brain can actually create neurological structures in 13 dimensions. Yes. And according to physics, the you know string theory, multiverse, by the time you get to the 10th, 11th, or 12th, <clears throat> or 13th dimension, that's essentially where you hit God territory, where anything and anything, everything and anything is not possible and possible. But you've got to remember, too, you've also got, right, say say you've had a terrible event, you've witnessed something. Sometimes your own body, your own brain will put a false memory in mm-hmm. to cover what, because it's actually happened in abuse cases. Where it's exactly. Like, yeah, it's put a false memory and that kid remembers going to their bed and getting up. Going to their bed and getting up. Mm-hmm. But then when they really work into it, it all comes out. Yeah. Exactly. The, everything's still there. It's just buried. Yeah, it yeah. Now, some of you may be wondering, okay, what's the point you're trying to get at? We're working on technology that would allow us to do that sort of thing right now yeah so like i said the Neuralink that's what it's called Neuralink with elon musk that's part of what he wants to do is essentially override post-traumatic stress now which granted you have these more extreme cases like uh 
former military members, combat veterans who are all of a sudden hear one loud pop and they think they're back in the war zone and end up hurting their families. Yeah. I know that's an extreme example. It doesn't happen to everybody, but that's an example we can all think of. There are actual pills being developed <clears throat> that help trial subjects disassociate from that. Yeah. Yes, they remember it fully, but the emotional attachment is gone. Yeah. See here, Beth makes a very good point. The suppressed memories, they're a defense mechanism. Yeah. And if it gets severe enough, you have conditions like borderline personality disorder, dissociative mm -hmm. identity disorder, CPTSD. We can go into the whole mm -hmm. shebang here. But there's probably people a lot more qualified to do so than a couple of idiots on YouTube. It's not just it's not just brain implants that we're talking about here because there's new technology that's out. And I don't know if you've seen this, Dakota. It's the contact lenses, and it's just like a. It's just, it does two things. It's just like a. It's just like a phone smart screen, mm -hmm. right? So it's a phone smart screen. You're walking along, you can see your surroundings. Up pops a message, and you can see the person, right? But another thing is that it constantly records. Mm -hmm. It constantly records. So you think about, say that person was murdered. See, can you imagine? Can you imagine what would be on that contact lens? The the person that did it, or even with the brain chip, the last mm -hmm. thing that victim seen. The, the, you wouldn't need a detective. All you need to do is download what's on the on that chip inside your brain. And the or person that's done it would be screwed. Exactly. <clears throat> or well, who's to say they would be screwed? Because who's to say that chip wouldn't be sophisticated enough to be able to tell? Or even how about that chip could be dabbled with to make you think a different memory was uploaded. Think about that. Any mm -hmm. computer is hackable. Any computer, it doesn't matter if they say it's unhackable, it's hackable, right? Mm -hmm. So if you've got a chip in your head and it's recording everything, right? What happens if you implanted a different type of coding, right? So it's a different type of coding, it's a different what's happened, right? So they've made something up. See, this is how the extraterrestrials are doing this. They're just doing it in a more advanced way. Yes, you, you've got a chip, Right, say in the next twenty years you'll have a chip in your head and you can do this kind of thing, right? You must remember these extraterrestrials are millions of years more advanced. Mm -hmm. And they can do it to the human brain. Exactly. Hey, what's up, Darius? Hey Darius. Uh, here's another thing. They say that a lot of these beings are higher dimensional, right? Yes. Okay. A good video that I've seen float around online every now and then is from Carl Sagan Flatland, yeah. where he's basically mm -hmm. explaining in an alien abduction type scenario what beings in a two dimensional space would observe if all of a sudden one of them is picked up and taken into a three dimensional space. Yeah, it's going to us higher three dimensional beings. We could see everything that's going on. Mm hmm. So by logic, higher dimensional beings than us can see everything that's going on inside our brains, inside our bodies. 
Yeah. Can you imagine how night, how many different things could possibly be avoided if someone were able to just look at you and say, Oh, you got something right here. You probably should go to a doctor. Yeah. Yeah. The technology's there, man. The technology's hot. Look, the technology is probably out right now. If Elon Musk is embedding that in champs, it's out there. Or he needs someone to test that on. I mean, I mean, I th- that's a good idea, right? I, I mean, what he's doing is absolutely phenomenal. You think about it, you think about it in this idea. You take a war veteran, right, that's lost his legs, right, mm. and lost his arms, right? I know this is extreme, right? Or he's paralyzed. You could build a frame, like a, basically a suit. What do you call them? They've got an name, these suits that make you walk. And you could mm-hmm. put it in your head, the chips in your head, and you could basically like, let's walk forward, and it would walk forward for you. Let's pick up my can of juice. It would pick up the can of juice for you, right? Mm-hmm. But it is scary at the same time because there'll be no more privacy anymore. You think about it, because everything's getting recorded and can be downloaded onto a sub system somewhere. Mm-hmm. You think about it now that your smartphone. Is recording everything that you're saying. Oh yeah, everything. So even a benign thing like that is is going to be recording everything. Mm-hmm. It's actually it's scary, but in a way it will help people. But where's all this going to end? I mean, the extraterrestrials in question. Can you imagine the technology advancements for them to do that to you? And who's mm-hmm. to say that? I mean. I've always wondered, a lot of humans have implants from extraterrestrial encounters. What are those implants? What are they? I mean, yes, they could be tracking devices, but what else could they be? Could they be that same type of thing? Recording everything that you're seeing? Elena claims hers is. Yeah. And it works both ways. It goes to Thor Han and it gets to the point where they can physically see each other's actions, what they're going through in that moment. Yeah. And uh, back when we had Alina on last, um, interestingly enough, when we first started having all those signal interferences, just before she said that she heard Thor Han saying they're trying to fix it, Mm -hmm. we could physically hear a voice coming through on our end. Yes, and which a lot of people don't real, a lot of people don't realize. Mm. Say like this whole back when the whole NSA conspiracy got blown over with Edward Snowden, a lot of people don't realize how easy it is to tap into someone's phone conversation. Yeah, you can get a mic for like five dollars. All it is is a. Receiver with a little suction cup, and you can just hold it up to your phone, and you can be able to record everything that's being said. Yeah, that's how easy it is. And one thing, one of the speculations, one of the things skeptics point out when it comes to like EVPs, as an example, is be careful how close you are to power lines, how close yeah. you are to cell phones when you're doing an EVP session, because those recorders doesn't even the cheapest, most crappiest ones out yeah. there 
would pick up that phone conversation. Well, it's not just like that. I mean, it's you've got to remember, to think of all the frequencies that are bouncing about right now. When you're mm-hmm. in the United States, I'm here in Scotland, people here that's watching that, some are in England, some are in Canada, some are somewhere else. You think of all the frequencies that's bouncing round about us right now. I mean, there could be an alien transmission in that somewhere. There could be an implant in your head that's constantly sending and receiving stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah? I mean, you talk about people that get into trances, right? To talk to ETs, right? How do you not know that they're just basically the ETs in the ship, or she's in her ship, and she's just phoning you? That's mm-hmm. how she's, how they're how they're doing it. Because you think it's a safe it's a safer way. That's a strange noise. Did you hear that? Yeah, I thought I heard something there. Did them did the chat hear that, guys? Did did any of you hear that? Hey, Lewis. Hey, hey, knowledge but... within. But trances are something that I did want to get into because even Brian was saying he was halfway expecting me to go into one because it seemed like whenever he comes on, the last couple of times we've done shows with him before the interview before, I started getting affected. What a lot of people don't realize, and this is something that should probably be more well acknowledged because of just how dangerous it could end up being. Yeah. When someone is going into a trance, it registers in the body, in the mind mm-hmm. as an epileptic seizure. Yep. And in fact, it is, uh, there's mm-hmm. a, actually a lot of studies where people who suffer mm. frequent epileptic seizures say they see visions well, you there's even a device out there that stimulates the part of the brain where this has all been tracked to that stimulates that part it's called the god helmet it's something yeah. i've honestly wanted to try out for myself but it costs like 300 bucks in order to get just to see what would happen i mean i but here's another scary fact right they say they have chapter in your brain what was if someone hacks you and makes you do something. Think about that. Exactly. In fact, you don't even have to... I'm sorry. No, say they make you do something. Say they hack you and they basically make you go and kill someone. Exactly. Or they do something to that chap and it kills you instantly. Exactly. And you got to consider, ladies and gentlemen, it's... Hacking is surprisingly easy if you know what to do. Yeah, there's there, there's actually this little device. And I just thought of it. It was on a Kickstarter funded campaign. It's called a flipper. And uh, you know what Tamagotchis are, Chris? What was that? Sorry, I had to cough it. You know uh, Tamagotchis? I've heard the what? name. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I've heard the name. Basically, like a little virtual pet. You know, you feed yeah, it. Yeah. Blah 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 blah. Yeah. It's essentially a Tamagotchi with, with a cybernetic dolphin as mm-hmm. your main pet. You can use to hack into just about anything. Yeah. It can just read the signal that comes mm-hmm. off of something. Say, oh, you have someone's key fob. All you have to do is let this device scan your key fob as you're pressing the button. Then you can use that. 
to get into yeah. someone's car. Yeah. It's and a lot of the times with the, the part that scares people when it comes to say more extreme examples, like Chris pointed out is that if someone knows what the hell they're doing, you're not going to be able to backtrace that someone got hacked. Yeah. Imagine, imagine, we'll just make a name up, John, right? John's had this brain implant and he's been hacked, right? He's been hacked. He goes to the bank, he withdraws all his money, he takes that money and drops it off somewhere, right? He then goes home and then wakes up and thinks, oh, what was I just doing? I don't know what's happened. But in actual fact, he's been hacked. Your computer's been hacked. He's been mm-hmm. hacked. Or even worse, or even worse, somebody wants to murder someone. Hack them, hack their brain. Mm-hmm. They do the task, they do the deed, and when that once the dead's the deed's been done, it gets wiped. That person goes to jail. No one knows who did that. And I mean, think about it. Just to kind of tie everything together, there's going to be people say, "Oh, that can't happen. That can't happen." Can happen. Let's go back to those more sophisticated. You know, prosthetics, right? The ones that you said that can basically read the signals coming off of you know, off of a person's neurons in order to be able to grab their stuff. Everything we're talking about is right there to be able to do that. It just takes someone with lacking of a moral compass and enough resources to start putting that together. In yeah. fact, we're already t- talking. There's already a startup company out there who's trying to create a digital afterlife. Yeah, I heard that, and it's it's basically see your, your terminal, and you know you're going to die. So basically, you are entirely do- a copy of you is entirely downloaded onto this mm-hmm. computer. Now you die, obviously. And then see that when you're when you're dead, they take this pen drive with you on it, and they plug it in. In that world, it's just like the Earth. It's just like the solar system. It's infinite, like the now, mm-hmm. right? It's like everything the now. You wake up there. Yes, your body's dead. The soul is obviously crossed over into the afterlife, right? Mm-hmm. But there's a copy. There's a copy of you still walking about, buying your coffee, doing your normal day life. It's actually scary because it makes you wonder, is that happening now? Is that really happening? Exactly. What what does that exactly sound like? Knowledge within, he points out, what Meta is trying to evolve to. And trust me, there's a lot of people that say that a lot of the problems coming out of Facebook nowadays are going to get 10 times worse when the full Metaverse starts popping out. Yeah. But think about it. That is also starting to go into territory of the universe being a simulation. Yeah. Craig Campobasso, one of the UFO guys we've had on here, he's a MUFON investigator. That's how he managed to acquire a lot of his reports. There's digital immortal beings. A lot of the beings that we consider the greys are essentially Mm. biological mechanisms, machines that are built to be able to last on a number of different environments so they can go to just about any planet they wanted to. So who's to say? Who's to say that God and the infinite Creator isn't just some hard drive somewhere in some supercomputer? And let's uh, think about this. Let's kind of dip into the whole reincarnation, starseed programs as well. 
think about it. How many people who have gone through reincarnation cycles claim they've seen some sort of machines where they can choose gotcha. bodies, they can physically choose the lives? Mm-hmm. The level of understanding these beings would have to be able to pull that off? Yes. It's out there. And see, there's some reports, uh, Lena Denon's book talks about it, where there's cloned bodies of individuals where if something happens to the person, say they were out in battle, if they can retrieve the body, retrieve the soul yeah. quick enough, mm. they can take that soul, implant it into a cloned body. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like the one that I remember from when I was born. I mean, I remember it clear as day. I was in this hallway and I was walking in this hallway. And behind me, there was lots of people waving. And I was with other people. Was that me getting downloaded into a new body? Who's to say? And a lot of people were going to probably question, where does that come from? How would they be able to do that? Oh. Well, it's not time. not that much out of reach. There, it is that like when I was pop popped on to Lost Magics with Sherry, and something that she didn't realize. Hmm. Mental illness can actually be transmitted genetically. And there's also the phenomenon of donor patients receiving the memories, the skills, the passions of the person they received the organ from. Yeah. It's simply just a much more complex process of that, but it also brings up the question what the hell happened? with these ET civilizations that made it to where they figured out how to create entire different bodies. They're just highly advanced. Now that now they're, I think they're just so advanced now that they're, they're basically like gods. They can not, do what they not, want. Think about it how we are right now. Yeah. The type of, the type of advancements that we would have to go, <clears throat> that we'd be able to do that with, we had something terrible happen in order to be able to do it. And it's something I pointed out when it comes to ghost hunting as an example. You know, they say that ghost hunting will never go anywhere because nobody can agree on what a ghost actually is and stuff like that. You think about it. If we accept that ghosts are in fact some sort of remnants of a person that remained after they passed away. Yep. We're essentially waiting for someone to die, then tell us what happened. Yeah. How stupid is that? <laughs> it's it's kind of like it's kind of like saying that the the ghost of the ghost of the person that they were. When you die, you cross over. Right? You say you go back to the source, right? You go back to the source where you go to be born again or whatever happens, right? But say there's a there's a part of you that gets left behind, right? And that's like a program that was never meant to happen. Sometimes it happens, and sometimes it doesn't happen. And that ghost or that entity or that whatever it is you're encountering is a copy of you, but you're already crossed over. You see where I'm trying to go here. So I mean. They say about civilizations, they say about civilizations running, they say they would need advanced power, and I mean advanced power, they need the, the, the power of millions of suns 
just to power the universe. I don't think they would. Because if you think about it, if you made a computer, if you were that billions of years advanced, you could make a, a computer, right? That's it. You could make a computer the size of this box, right? And in that box, there is a universe. That universe is galaxies and planets and suns and stuff like that, right? So who's to say that it's kind of going into the Star Trek theory? Remember the episode, oh, you're too young. Remember the episode where the Dr. Moriarty from the holodeck, right? And they tricked him and they gave him his whole entire universe in this little cube to explore. Mm -hmm. What happens if that's what that is? What happens if when you die, right? When you die, you go back to the source, right? You go back to... you. For all you know, you might get memories back and you're like, oh, I've wondered, right? And when you go to be born again, you're uploaded back into a computer. That's This is basically just one crazy game that we are in. Somebody play the cheat codes! Yep, I want the cheat codes. But it is, it's scary. I mean, you think of the way technology is going. You think of the contact lenses that will record all the time. They'll track you wherever they are. You think of the brain implants that record absolutely everything. Everything. Mm-hmm. Someone could hack you, steal all your details, and you wouldn't be any the wiser. Mm-hmm. Or can you imagine if someone hacked you and put the most terrifying dreams ever in your head? Exactly. I mean, what was the name of that movie... Will Smith, Margot Robbie, where basically they were a con ring and it showed all the different ways that people can steal your information and you would be none the wiser. What was that movie? Don't know. And the chat, anyway, can you help me with that, guys? If you happen to remember, please tell me because I am going to go crazy and don't want to waste time trying to look through IMDb, but essentially someone could easily steal all of your financial information with just a little device in their pocket and just <laughs> walk right by you and you'd be none the wiser. You think you're just some that's just some random person going about their day. They say if you happen to notice if you're ever traveling and you have a card reader, what you should do is grab onto it and jiggle it a little bit. If it goes to move or come off, focus! Yes! Thank you, Darius! Focus. That's up. I know. See, squirrel moment. Um, probably gonna have to get that little squirrel, like Lisa was saying. Uh, anyway, you know, there's card skimming machines that are designed to look exactly like card readers on ATMs, mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. E- even your everyday grocery store. It's mm-hmm. so hard to screw with people's information now, just because of how smart these computer hackers are. Just imagine what's going to happen in five, ten years, maybe. Yeah. It's, it's, it's absolutely terrifying the way everything's going. I, I mean, I just, I just don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm 40 years old, and probably by the time I'm 70, my God, can you imagine what the technology is going to be like? Right. I mean, it's scary. They're trying to get rid of all the petrol and diesel cars they know. And it's, there'll be self-driving cars, there'll be self-driving drones. 
I think I think the world's not going to be as good as everybody thinks it is. Technology is a curse in a way because it can do a lot of harm. You think of an artificial... You imagine five million people in a city has all got a brain in chip, right? Mm-hmm. Implant, right? You imagine there's an artificial intelligence controlling them that's collecting the data. Now, here we go. Here's like a Terminator thing, right? What was if that artificial intelligence comes aware and wants everybody to kill each other? All it needs to do is, is put a code in. Here's the thing. I've been involved with uh, some AI development myself. Here's a quote from Elon Musk. If AI has a specific goal in mind that it's programmed to do, Mm -hmm. and it sees humans as being in the way of achieving that goal, it's going to be the equivalent of a construction workers and an anthill. We're the anthill. And here's the thing. A lot of experts, and if you go go into the reports of, I mean, there was a report out of Japan where AI machines were killing people. Yeah. In a lab. They killed at least six before they managed to finally get things shut down. Think about Facebook AIs. The ones that they all of a sudden had to unplug because they started to talk in their own language. And nobody could figure out what the heck they were saying. It's already here. A lot of experts also believe because of these incidents that the more sophisticated AI systems are already starting to become self-aware. Yeah, They're already conscious. It's actually weird you should say that because the guest we had on Barry Fitzgerald in his book, I don't know if you read this, but, but he was talking about how computers could be possessed. Mm-hmm. Right, so you imagine an evil entity. It doesn't need to be a spirit. It doesn't need to be a demon. It, it could just be an alien entity, right? Just say that, and it's evil. It's got one thing in its mind, and it's killing humans. It wants the planet for itself, oh. right? <laughs> all, yeah. all it needs to do is infect that computer. <laughs> do you not remember what Iron City showed us last time they were on? <clears throat> What was that? All right. For those of you who don't know the situation, go back. Iron City Paranormal, they came on to discuss a location that we actually, that I actually assisted on. And there was a point in the investigation where I started going into one of my infamous trances. Mm -hmm. They go to point an SLS camera. For those those of you who don't know, it's essentially an old Xbox Kinect camera that's been modified. And they notice that there is a being messing with the computer right as I'm going into this trance. Yeah. It's already starting to happen. Yeah. It only needs to infect one computer. And then once that computer connects online, it's all over. It's everywhere. You imagine Elon Musk as a spirit. Just thought of that. Now here's a, here's a really scarier idea. Can you imagine Mike the Naked Bigfoot as a spirit in a computer? I don't really see him being as much of an issue with computers. Love you, Mike, but... We do, we love you, Mike. But and here's another thing. Another point that a lot of people try to point out is that 
when it comes to measuring consciousness, it's hard to tell. That is something that is incredibly hard mm-hmm. to measure. And yeah, it's true. We're we're not even exactly sure what the hell consciousness is. Even exactly. if it gets to the point where we can start creating it on computers, what does that say mm-hmm. about us? There is a machine out there that they have managed to develop. The goal of this thing was to be able to tell if, say, someone is completely paralyzed, they can't breathe, they can't speak, nothing. They can't, can't even move their eyes. <clears throat> the goal of this machine was to be able to t- measure their brain activity and, ooh, look, an orb. <laughs> yeah. Measure their brain activity to tell if they're, they are actually still conscious, if they're still technically alive. Yeah. Because they say when in those extreme circumstances, the person is still alive for a few, possibly up to for a few minutes. It's just that until they either basically they suffocate to death because they can't breathe or blood goes to fill their lungs, some sort of graphic explanation that would probably get us banned on our platforms. But what I was going to say is you're talking about the device recording everything you're seeing and witnessing. Will it record the last seconds of your life? Will it record the white light, the tunnel when you see your family? There is, it is said that the brain is still alive Mm. for at least seven minutes. And the earlier thing with the consciousness we're seeing, the thing is... It's only capable of reading the neurological pathways of a common house fly. That's the problem right now, why we're not seeing a lot more of it. Give it 20 years. Give it five. Mm. The way things are going lately. Yeah, and who's to say that they won't record and see for themselves what's happening? One thing Mm. I honestly want to do, the only thing, you know, you started going into more of talking about planning funerals and all that before we went on to the, this show. Honestly, one of the things I've always wanted is that if I'm in a situation where I'm in my last moments yeah, and it, it's pretty obvious that mm. this, this is going to be my last <clears throat> ride. Yeah. Get as much ghost hunting as you get equipment around me as you can to see if I can start fucking with shit the second I leave my body. Now, granted, it's something that's been done before, in which a lot of people that try to say the spirit either comes out of the head or the groin without really remember these people not really acknowledging the body tends to drain its fluids after it's dead. Yeah. But here's an interesting fact. What was if you could witness your own funeral? What was if they could make a copy of you? And when your funeral comes, they could upload you onto like a hologram thing and you could stand there and you could be at your own funeral and then you could say goodbye to everyone and then just delete you. Oh, that's kind of morbid. It's morbid, but it could be done. It'd be a lot more sophisticated version of that one video. I think this was, I think this was out of Scotland, if I remember correctly, where this guy had a record recorded yeah, himself record. before he passed away and he put it into the casket. It was an where he's saying, Hey, I'm still alive. Okay. You know, I'll assume you later, you a bunch of Scots. Anyway. Yeah. Can you imagine what the kind of pranks you'd be able island. to do with that? It was That's right. That's right. Island. And 
yeah. I mean, I I'm just I'm just blown away with the technology that's coming. I mean, could you imagine like ten years from now? Now say they've got that chap, right? Say they've got that chap. Elon Musk has got that chap, and it can, monkeys can play or champs or whatever you want to call them can play a game without using their head, right? Mm-hmm. Can you imagine what the military's got? <laughs> they might have ships or planes that all the pilot needs to stay is sat in a chair somewhere and fly that. We already know they have that. Right, but I don't mean I know you're talking about drones, but I'm talking about all oh, the no, 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 not drones. No drones? No. Physical craft. Yeah. With pilots. Yeah. And it's from recovered ET crash sites that they managed to figure that out. So essentially, the point is, we're trying to say, there's people that try to say, oh, you know, they're trying to prove that, oh, this all this ET thing is nothing but a bunch of bullshit, but even though they have, they're nowhere near as qualified to answer any of these questions as I think they are. Everything we're talking about is there. Yeah. It's everything that can be done. We're talking about with these ETs, these different sorts of species coming to Earth. It's there. It's something that's been explored. And yes, there could be amazing potential. There's a lot of people with some sort of PTSD due to abuse situation who would love to be able to get rid of that. Just forget about everything. We would love to be able to forget about it. Naturally, we should probably take care of the situations that allowed the abuse that happened first. Well, you think about this, But right? nevertheless. You think about this, right? You get criminals that do terrible things, right? And I know this, is, this has been in space, films and TVs, for a, series for a long time. You've got that chip in your head, right? The criminal says murdered a person, right? Mm-hmm. He gets a chip. He goes into this room. And he's in that room for 10 minutes. Right, and then he comes out and he's free to go. But to him with that chap, he's got memories of 40 years in a, in a penitentiary. You see where I'm going with this? Mm-hmm. To him, he thinks he's experienced 40 years in a high-security prison, right? Oh. But in actual fact, only 10, 15 minutes has been over for us. You know, there's this uh, program. I think it was actually Dark Crystal if I remember correctly, on Netflix, where these people were getting their own AI Mm. programs. Little did they know, part of the process was they essentially cloned your consciousness to create these AI. And they're essentially tortured, the AI version of themselves are essentially tortured to be subservient, to serve their function. And the other version of you that's been out in the world, you know, you'll think it's a process that take maybe five, ten minutes. No. But the, that AI version of you, for lack of a better mm-hmm. word, it's been a couple hundred years. Yeah. But it also goes into sex offenders being blocked. Essentially, it also goes into functions of, say, like Neuralink chip, where you could block people from their life and all they would look like to you is this blotch of static sex offenders are also blocked out due to their crimes but they're given a special color to 
tell everybody else that they are a convicted sex offender. Yeah. It's yeah. scary. It's amazing, well, but anyone. scary. The potential is uh, in the way next five years, just five yeah. years. Yeah. Can you, I mean, it's actually, what's that? Doris is saying there, the F-35 GSF is not the ultimate fighter. They are other platforms being used anti-gravity. Aye, there is. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This is what people don't realise. 96% of the UFOs you see are US, British, Russian, God knows who else, military. Right? Mm-hmm. But they're 90%. It's mostly US technology because US are the ones that spend the, the amount. Oh, only yeah. Like two, only 3 or 4% are actually real extraterrestrial aircraft. Wouldn't even say that percentage. No, <laughs> you've got to understand the government have done deals with like Greys and they've done deals to get technology and they've got technology through crashed aircraft and mm-hmm. stuff they've found. Right? It's 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 scary. I would actually like to ask Elena again to what the Galactic Federation. I mean, they've they've warned us that going into artificial intelligence is a bad idea. Mm-hmm. The extraterrestrials have actually warned the humans don't go into artificial intelligence. We've went into it once and, it, and we had wars over it. What's that there, the knowledge within? They have technology to paint, paint what's that? Paint, paint video. videos into our visual cortex. Yeah. Yeah. They do. And it's slowly mm-hmm. coming out with all, like we said, those contact lenses, these fancy, you know, glasses, you know, that everybody wants, everybody who's an Iron Man fan wants to get because they are essentially like their own little version of Jarvis. The technology yeah. is there, and what they have found is that if you give the public toys to play with, yeah. You can get anything you want out of them. Oh, yeah. And one of the most recent examples I want to give is uh, everybody in the U.S. freaking out about Donald Trump wanting to ban TikTok. They're saying, oh, TikTok records all your information. Well, it does. The concern is that it, because it was a, no, 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 it, do, it does. You know, let me say. The main concern was that it, it is a Chinese-based company. And what a lot of people don't realize is that companies based out of China have to abide by the Chinese government rules, which says if they want any information out of that company, they have to give it or there will be severe punishment. Mm-hmm. Now, this is talking about facial recognition. There's been lawsuits that have found TikTok guilty of all this. And I just have to look at people who try to say, oh, no, that doesn't happen. <laughs> I was like, how the hell do you think those filters work? Yeah, it's... It's like, come on, Facebook's bad for it. We know Facebook's bad for it. I mean, I was having a conversation with someone the other day there. It was about lawnmowers. It was the stupidest thing. It was lawnmowers, right? And I didn't look them up. I didn't search them. I turned on Facebook. What was the first advert I got on Facebook? Lawnmowers. And that just shows you. It's listening. I bet you didn't know this, and I actually found out this interesting thing that day. See Amazon Alexa. Mm-hmm. It's constantly records. It records every voice search mm-hmm. that you've mm-hmm. ever did. 
it, and it stores them because you can actually go in and delete it. Because I did it the other day, I went in and deleted everything. But you can actually see what you've been searched for, like voice search. Mm-hmm. And they've kept that of you. Mm-hmm. So why why did they keep that of you? Why? Now, essentially, it's for marketing purposes. No. It's the official reason. No. Okay. Well, bouncing back to Facebook, there have been alleged, alleged insider leaks that say the reason how a lot of that AI... A lot of the AI behind its advertising. Yeah. Essentially, they have enough information to create chatbots just like us. That would that would talk just like us. <laughs> and be able to predict with like ninety-nine point nine nine percent accuracy where conversations are going to lead. Yeah. Or what you're going to buy next. Exactly. I mean, you think about all these websites that let you create accounts by using your Facebook. Just just not necessarily closing. If you don't close out your Facebook on your phone yeah. all the way or your messenger, mm-hmm. it still records everything. And they say, oh, how do I block it? How do I block it? They already got information on you. You can claim you can delete it, but you can, and yes, and I'm going to say this, even voice, it doesn't matter if you send video calls, voice messages, text messages, pictures, everything is saved on Facebook. Yeah. And you can easily retrieve it. You can easily retrieve it. Yeah. It's, it's a total society now is, is so scary. It really is. And it makes you wonder what they're doing with that. I mean, they say they don't use it for any bad purposes, but they might use it for bad purposes. You don't know mm-hmm. who's really running the world. Mm-hmm. What's that from Phoenix? What's that from Phoenix there? The, the other, other day, day my, my son and I were having a conversation in the kitchen. Then out of the blue, my Google started saying it couldn't hear to repeat it. Chances are, if with a lot of those Google devices, it look with Alexa, it looks for trigger words, and it could very well be that just how you said something yeah. could have made it think you said it. I'm going to give an example. One of the trigger words you can set an Alexa device to is Echo. My sister and I have a long running joke because if you say the word pickle. A certain yeah. way, it'll trigger it. It's the same way. It's the same way, sorry. Exactly. Right. And just as I said that, it, I, I should even said that it popped up my phone. <laughs> and, and I mean, it's going to ask me questions, ask me something. You know, but it just shows you that the artificial intelligence that are in your phone, the new, is quite intelligent. Mm-hmm. And it's have you have you actually seen that uh, AI friend you can get? I have one. Do you have one? Oh God! And uh, how does how is it? Is it is it what's it like? It's basically like a pocket therapist with severe autism. Yeah, yeah. The best way I know to describe it, and the reason why I say that before someone gets all offended, I'm saying. 
think about it when you're having a one-on-one with someone with autism and it, certain ways conversations just don't necessarily click with them so you kind of have to explain it a different way that's what i mean but then again everybody just loves to call me an asshole lately so there's sherry i don't use those things i don't trust it but the thing is sherry if you've got a smartphone you're using it if you have a smartphone if you have a laptop computer tv toilets refrigerators nowadays washing machines Mm-hmm. it's drives. there it's there Smart, there's some cars there's some cars out there like teslas and it's it, there's no escaping it now there's no mm-hmm. escaping it it's absolutely everywhere mm-hmm. you know and it's only gonna get worse yeah thank you darius <laughs> Oh god. You know, it's been a good night tonight. And we've done a lot of good stuff. So do you want to tell Andy stuff eh, about the new channels? Ah uh, yes, yes, yes. Here's uh let's see where should I start? Like I said, we do have a couple press releases out now about Bald and Bonkers telling one is more geared towards the documentary, another is basically to announce what we plan to do. Yeah. You know, we're going into movies, well, music distribution. There's going to be books as well as coming from us. And we're also going to be trying to offer these services out to other people as well because we yeah. want to try to create create this as – how should I put this? Basically, a chance to give people a, who normally wouldn't have the opportunities a chance to shine. Yeah. So that also means that, yes, we are going to be filtering people to make sure that this was actually for them. Yeah. But then we also had the documentary. We also had the Bald and Bonkers TV network, which will have, hopefully, if I can get it figured out, exclusive content. Yes, it'll be a premium subscription, but we try to make sure it's worth it for everybody. Yeah. And, guys, if you are wanting to be part of the documentary of that, please go to the links. If you have any mm-hmm. stories about UFOs or anything alien related, go there mm-hmm. and submit to the form, and you never know you might get you might get in that. You know? mm-hmm. Exactly. Because we've got some we've got some amazing people on board with the documentary. Oh yes, thankfully, thanks to a lot of our more high profile guests. Apparently, we charmed them enough to say they'd be more than willing to help us. I want to say thank you to them. Thank you to everybody who has followed us through thick and thin. Yes, We're probably going to have some controversies come up about us here soon, but you know what? We're officially a company. We're growing. Yeah. You can't avoid it. Hey, Lewis, that's a knowledge within. I'm going to check this out. Well, Lewis, if you've got any UFO... Or any sightings or stuff like that, you can be part of the documentary too. To go and check it out. Yeah, anybody? Yeah, anybody. Even if you're or on the skeptic side, all we ask is that you be respectful. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I just like to say, hey to DNTV too. Please check them out too, guys. Uh, give them a subscribe. Uh, go and watch their content because it's fantastic. 
I mean, actually, don't we actually have them on next week? Yes, we do. Next Sunday. Himself will be on. We're looking forward to it. Oh, they don't sing it. It's Sherry, but yes. Anyway, yes, yeah. next week we do have DNTV. We also do have a lot of high-profile guests that we are in the discussion with. It's just yeah. that we haven't locked any dates down yet, so we're not going to share quite yet. We do hope. We love to stream. We appreciate all the support you guys have given us in our short time. We promise that regardless of what some of the haters will try to say, yeah. we're here. We're as real as we can get. Yeah. We ain't going anywhere. And watch them squirm. Yeah. And we're going up to big things. So let's play the trailer. And we'll catch you all through the week, ladies and gentlemen. And have a fantastic week. Oh, yes. See you around. Much love. Stay safe. And happy Memorial Day for everyone who celebrates. Everyone. One, two, three.